All right, loud ass Tim. <laughs> Still talking about the fucking Patriots. That shit is over, bro. Cigar Talk Podcast. KC. We back in the building. Your boy Cobain and East Staff. International. International. Worldwide Web. International. Worldwide Web. You talk about the World Wide Web like it's 90 again, bro. Like every episode I mean, you say, you, know, you got mail. Like this shit is new, bro. People w- don't w- realize w- the, the power of social media. Yeah. Uh, the internet. I mean, you can pretty much do your own thing. So it's, it's powerful. You. So I just. I got you. You know what's powerful? I'm enjoying the cigar that I've been really looking at. The uh, case, the 70th anniversary Quesada with the Dominican rapper. I don't know any of the cigar brotherhood know what I'm talking about, but man, I'm first third of it. I'm I'm loving it, man. So we back in the building. Y'all found us, man. Cigar Talk Podcast. How you feeling, East Staff? How's your it's week? It's good. What we got planned back there? Kansas the City is person. the yeah. People Jay say Jay New Johnson. Orleans is the birthplace of jazz, but jazz. Grew, grew up here yeah, in Kansas yeah. City. I heard. I heard, yeah. man. How's your week, bro? It's been a lot going on, though. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. I think you called the Eagles, didn't you? I did. You called the Eagles. Yeah. So good looking on that. So we had somebody from Kansas City representing yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, Dante uh, Osby, who okay. just put us up on him. And then Darren Sproles. Okay. He's still a Philadelphia Eagle. So yeah, he came out of Olathe. Olathe. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Super Bowl happened. That's over with. Cleveland Cavaliers made some big trades. There's a lot of shit going on, man. What happened with them? I don't even want to go down that road. <laughs> we can get to that. Okay. But I'm just kind of recap right now. How'd the uh, streetcar shit go? You knew well, last you know, week. like Saturday, I had a pretty big tour. I had, like, we took over the streetcar. Yeah, I seen yeah. the pictures, man. Black that shit looked dope. I mean. That shit looked dope, bro. Yeah, it was amazing. So we had maybe about 70 people. The streetcar okay. only holds 150. But you know, it's black history all up and down the street, Carlo. Straight up. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah man, dope. So we hey, go beyond 18th and Vine. Yeah. Believe that. Yeah. So yeah, a lot going on, man. But uh, I'm actually able to take a little bit of a break right now. It's Thursday night in the Cigar Lounge. You know, we always come to y'all live with the Cigar Talk podcast from the Cigar Lounge, and we got a special guest in the building. We have a celebrity. Oh, really? A guru. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, yeah. he can sing. He's a personality. He's a uh, a veteran. Yeah, of I mean, I first came in Kansas, I remember Kansas City years ago. Years ago, you probably don't remember this, Sean, but I brought a group of kids from the Boys and Girls Club oh. to KPRS. Done a lot of work with the Boys and Girls Clubs over the years. But you know, you did a real good job of uh, communicating and handling our youth, and you know, you were real comfortable in front of them. So I was really in, impressed by that. So it, it takes a lot to really be. I got seventy five kids, so it's easy to Whoa. you know. I'm I'm just kidding. Damn. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> but but I, I come from a huge family. I'm the baby of nine. Okay. Uh, so hey, Sean Tyler in the building at the Cigar Lounge, man, live and direct. Thank you for having me. Pipe. He got his pipe out. He oh, well, I got I got to be clarified. He's got his tobacco pipe right in the Cigar Lounge right now. <laughs> So when I walked in, he said I was on the pipe now. I was like, whoa, whoa. Uh, <laughs> nah, he said, I said, Sean, I got some shit for you in the humidor, you know what I'm saying? Because you've been here before. You yeah, pulled up yeah, before. absolutely. Uh, so I had a Patron for him, ready to go. Yeah. 64th anniversary version. I'll enjoy that Patron, Patron this weekend. Oh, there you go. So he got this shit scheduled but right now, man. This shit smelling good. What you smoking, bro? Uh, I am smoking uh, Bat, Bat Masterson okay. blend from uh, Outlaws. Smells wow. great. Smells great. Now, Bat Masterson, he was a... Like an outlaw? He was, he yeah. was. He was uh, 
in the Wild West days. Uh, I don't think Bat was uh, uh, an outlaw, though. I think was he was he a, a lawman. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I, I heard that name before, yeah. definitely. What you say it was? Bounty Hunter. Bounty Hunter. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was getting yeah. Django on. Yeah. Right. We got Django in the building, live and direct. The Django. <laughs> the Django in the building. <laughs> Sean Tyler, bro. What's up, man? It's good to see you, though, It's bro. good to be seen, man. I appreciate you having me out. When, when you called me, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, bro, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times people be like, it's about who you know. It's not just about who you know. It's who you know that fucks with you. Right. And to me, you've always, from day one, bro, Absolutely. been a good, a good cat, man. Somebody I've always been able to call, reach out to. And you, you know, you carry good energy about yourself, man. And so I'm glad. I'm, it's an honor for us, really, to have you here. Real shit. And really, you know, you come across as if you have a, and I know for sure you have a love for Kansas City. Yeah, it's hometown. So yeah, yeah. hometown. So you are proud of Kansas City. I am. But hold on, wait. So speaking of that. Tell me, I, I got questions. I prepared okay. today. I did <laughs> some right. fucking homework. I should wear my tie like he stabbed, dude. Cause he look like he just coming you from make the me feel like I'm meeting. underdressed. Yeah, no, no. don't take it personal. You know, I just have to. I teach, so yeah, he, he's I had to go from you, you in your uniform. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely, I always give East Dallas some shit about his ties and shit. Yeah. Low key, I be hating though, cause that's a nice one, man. <laughs> right. Oh, thanks. Yeah, he's always but now, clean. But now, uh, yeah. so no, but you have an Irish background. Yes. Is that true? Uh, I do. Okay. Uh, my great-great-grandmother is from Ireland, and uh, we just did um, one of those 23andMe DNA kits. Mm -hmm. uh, and to find out just exactly how much, Okay. 33.6%. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. That's a lot. That's, that's over a, a third. Yeah, that's a hell of a lot. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, how did you come? I mean, what, 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 how did that make you feel? Obviously, I know. I mean, we knew. We just didn't know how much. Like, mm -hmm. um... Growing up, people were like, is your mom white? And it's like, no, but she obviously looked like her grandmother, who was mm -hmm. a short, white Irish woman with red hair. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that's just, <laughs> that was my mom. So it's an extra turn up for St. Patrick's Day. I actually wore a kilt in the St. Patty's Day parade a couple years ago. Yeah. The dress, the skirt thing? Yeah, and everybody's like, you ain't Irish. I'm like, actually, I am. <laughs> for real, bro? Yeah. Yeah, that's dope shit. Yeah, that is dope. I it, mean, it, it was a breezy, cold morning though, so it was all bad. Because if you traditionally wear your kilt the right way, oh wow, it's okay. it's all Jesus up under there. No shit. Oh. So you know, I'm trying I to hold it, it down, yeah. and uh, girls are trying to take pictures, and then there's like drill teams and a bunch of young people around. Right. So I'm trying to hold my shit down. Was like, you know, shit right? blow out. I was everywhere. We were oh, all wow. downtown with the parade, just that's you know, right. represent. That's I think dope. I see some pictures. Yeah, of you like that. Represent yeah. absolutely. Bro. So, yeah, so we're kind of all mixed up, though, you know. We are, and, and the funny thing is, a lot of it's a lot. A lot of people, uh, African Americans, think that they have uh, Indian background because they have good hair, but that's a whole history behind that. But eighty percent of them actually aren't, and most of yeah. that good hair and stuff comes from an Irish background because um, they treated the Irish like slaves back in the day when oh, they were yeah. building the railroad headed west. Mm -hmm. Irish, Chinese, and the blacks were all treated like. Third class citizens. Yeah, wow. laborers and laborers cheap and laborers. Absolutely. When they built the so that's how they connected and, you know, blended. So wow. when you see yeah. a lot of uh black folks with slanty eyes, you realize like, oh you look they might have a little the bit of that people, Chinese. They, we seem like we quick wow. to boast. I got Indian in me. Yes. Indians own slaves though. That's why you, you got Indian in you. Well hell blacks own slaves. And blacks yeah. own slaves so, too. Yeah. You know. Wow. So we were all mixed up real Absolutely. Quick. So you found out, you know, you have this Irish background. How did so like? I want to get into how you made, you know, your family from what you know. How uh -huh. you get to Kansas City? Like, just let's just talk about the inception, the first chapter of Sean Tyler as we know him. Today. <laughs> uh, well, like I said, I'm the baby of nine, and uh, mm -hmm. I have a brother who uh, 
I'll call his name Jeff. He might may not ever hear this, but uh, <laughs> I hope Jeff hear this. Right, right. He was um, a little upset when he found out exactly how much Irish he had. He goes, "Fuck that! I ain't white." I was like, "Dude, you can't deny." He's like, "I was right. sure what that test say." Fuck that! I ain't white. I was like, "Okay." Wow. Yeah. But your mom was white, so, <laughs> I mean, so that's just how it is. Whether or not I'm, you claim it or not, yeah, it's, it's there. It's what it's it DNA. is. And, and he's half joking, right? We yeah. know. He's, he's half joking, but I mean, he's uh, well read in in African culture and, and Black American culture. And I mean, uh, he just recently got married, and he's been giving his wife. Uh, a black her- black history uh, factoid of the day, mm-hmm. and he's given her like names, and he's throwing them off the top of his head names I've never heard before, and I'm like googling these people, and he's wow. like throwing them out like randomly. It's like, dude, That's wild, you should man. like. I told him he should do a podcast, right? There you go. Because he's dropping some serious knowledge about just some random everyday people that help build this country as black people, you know? Because they're right. the, the Pullman Porters, and they're uh, oh, like in this city. Uh, blacks weren't allowed to live south of 27th Street for right. till like after 1970. So any blacks that lived past 27th Street were either affluent or connected somehow, some way, and they allowed them live live out there. But yep. there were like um, oh, Pullman Porters unions here, and there were uh, uh, domestic workers unions. And well, the Pullman some, Porters, a lot of the organizing was done here with C. A. Franklin. Yeah, A. Philip Randolph. He came to Kansas City in the 1920s. And with C.A. Franklin and Paseo Baptist Church, yeah. they organized the Pullman Porters. And then, you know, Union Station. So right. the railroad, you know, here in Kansas City, so the railroad hired a lot of black people. Yes. And the right, right along. the beginning of the Civil Rights Movement. Absolutely. And with Kansas City being in Missouri in the, in the middle. middle of the country, you know, this yeah. is where a lot of trading went down for goods and services. Because right. it came up the Missouri River. It was and, a hub. Yeah, it was a hub. So a lot Kansas of that City stuff. Southern Railroad. Yeah, we talked yeah, about that. Down, down in the West Bottoms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Port Arthur, Texas. Mm-hmm. Arthur yeah. Stillwell, who started Kansas City Southern Railroad here in Kansas City. Yeah. So, yeah, we were the second largest livestock exchange in the nation. Absolutely. In uh, the Santa Fe neighborhood. In the Fairfax neighborhood. Yeah. And- Santa Fe is actually where Satchel Page, his home is still in Santa still Fe. Still there, yeah. But for I a long time. See, at one point in time, Somebody that was part of the Santa Fe do Trail. With it, yeah. That was part of the Santa Fe, the actual Santa Fe Trail. Mm-hmm. And uh, the person, so there's streets over there, Lockridge and Victor. Victor. John Lockridge owned slaves, mm-hmm. okay? But the Santa Fe Trail, that portion of it connected Independence, Missouri to Westport. But yeah. the first black to move in that area was D. Madison Miller. He was a black doctor. That was in 1948. And yeah. then you have... Uh, Satchel Page moved over there in the 1940s, so yeah, it's a, a fluent it's a area. The Gates family moved over yeah, there. Gates. Yeah, Gates. Yeah. yeah, so shout out to OG. Yeah. yeah so Sean, tell us, man. Like, so, okay, so I'm, you involved with a lot, man. I want to kind of see what we can cover. And I know you, you don't have a lot of time, man, I, with us, but I want to. Um, we got plenty of time. Oh, okay, we're good. We got we well over an hour. Shit. <laughs> well, let's talk about some let's shit. Let's talk. Man. Let's get into yeah, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, so my yeah. earliest memories. My earliest memories, because we're talking like, what, 40 years in the, in the music game, right? Whoa, 30. 30 years. 30. I keep giving everybody else like, a dime. Like, piece, like actually 30 this year. My senior year in high school uh, is when I started interning and uh, doing voice work on KPRS. Wow. So how did that happen? Let's go. Um, <laughs> so I used to work at a clothing store called Wild West Fashions on 35th and Prospect. Mm. Okay. And uh, me and a, a good friend of mine, Suleiman Salam, okay, we're always messing around doing character mm-hmm. voices and you know just engaging people and having having a good time. So Freddie Bell was doing a live broadcast from the store, 
And uh, me and Sumanji was doing what we do, yep. having fun, doing character voices, whatever. And Freddie was like, hey, how would y'all like to come and do a little bit of that on our morning show? It's like, mm-hmm. all right, we ain't got nothing to do. I can come there before I go to school in the morning, and we'll make mm-hmm. it happen. Mm-hmm. Wow. One thing led to another, and here I am 30 years later, still in wow. the game. Wow. Sudamine. Yeah. Went to Lincoln High School. Absolutely. Castle on the Hill. You went before school. Yes. So what do you think about our young people, not to take any shots, but like the kind of dedication or at least the effort that it takes if you are into something and you're doing something like you made a decision consciously to get up and do, you know, I mean, that had to take some work. It it did. Uh, I missed my uh, senior class portrait, as as a matter of fact, because when I was walking up to the school, they were coming off the bleachers, just Mm -hmm. finished. Everybody's like, hey, that's right. I was like, oh, I missed that opportunity. Where did you you end up graduating from? Southeast. Southeast. Oh, you know he's Mr. Southeast, man. But he went to Hogan, too, didn't you? I went to Hogan for about two months. Because okay. I, I, I'm born and raised Catholic, so I went to private school, Catholic school, from Head Start to freshman year. Okay. Which one was that? Uh, I went to Bishop Helmsley, then I went to St. Martin de Porres. I went to Bishop Helmsley. Right. And a then, lot of people have, didn't go to they don't You went to Bishop, Bishop Helmsley, too? Yeah. yeah well, uh, he playing, he, they, you know what? I was just <laughs> thinking. school reunion. And they had Brush Creek and back of uh, Bishop Helmsley. Yeah. And they took us down to, uh, we had some milk carts or something, and I fell in Brush Creek. Too bad nobody had cell phones back then. <laughs> Phil, but the kindergarten was world star. That's a fucked up day. I was, no, that was just like Rush Creek ain't nothing really fall into. Hell no, no. You know, no. Hell no. on something. That probably somebody. That stunts your growth right there. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, the neighborhood, they all went to public school, so right. I wanted to, to be my friends. So St. So Martin was, was almost borderline public school. No, <laughs> no, not St. Martin. I mean, yeah, same on the poorest. When I was there, you would still get popped by nuns. It was mostly nuns who were the wow. educators. Wow. Um, we had very few secular teachers at, at St. Martin's. Did so. you know he was black? Yes. Yeah, St. Martin de Porres was black. Yes. He's yeah. the, the patron saint of the poor, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Wow. But yeah. Uh, so I didn't realize this really Catholic Irish background you had, bro. Yeah, and my uh, school obviously was predominantly black. My uh, church was predominantly black. Okay. And um, I was head altar boy for a while. and. I actually got a chance to serve under a black priest, which is the first black priest that I'd ever seen in real life. Right. Father uh, Robert, who uh, what, recently passed away, God rest his soul. What church did you, what Catholic church did St. Louis, right up the street from St. Martin. Okay. So, so right there on 58th and Park. Parkway. All right. Wow. Yeah. Jim, so you so you go to Southeast, and and then you're doing a morning, a morning show thing right. at KPRS uh-huh. at that time, right? What was KPRS like you know, during this time? KPRS at this time had just switched over from automation. So as What's we, that mean for our listeners? So who don't know? <clears throat> when we were growing up, you could set your watch to KPRS because exactly at the top of the hour, you would get a news broadcast that was uh, satellite fed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So everything was on tape. And I mean tape. <laughs> Everything tape. was on tape at the time for a 24-hour loop. And like five minutes to the top of the hour, there would always be a jazz song playing. So you'd get probably like, you know, George Benson's Breezin' or uh, uh, Angela from Bob James or something. So you knew that the top of the hour was near because you got that jazz song five minutes before. Yeah, okay. So automation was just, uh, everything was on tape. and it was It was automated. Okay. So like these syndicated shows are now, even though they're live wherever they are, they're not live in your city. Right. So right. Uh, it was automated, and they had just gone live, and some of the first live voices we heard were uh, Chris King, Freddie Bell, Dale Rice. Mm-hmm. Tony G was there right. just a few months before I started interning there. Uh, Myron D., who's 
Uh, he was just starting a Shout few out months to before. The both of them, Tony and uh, Myron, Myron Gigger, who we call Magic Man, uh, started and helped launch what we know as the Quiet Storm format. Oh, and he, yeah. he, he was here. So, you know, okay. about 9, 10 o'clock at night, we got all the when slow times. Down, uh, Absolutely. Know, slow shit down. Absolutely. You know? And did that come on every night? Every or? night at 10 o'clock from 10 until about 5 or 6 a.m. No. Wow. They would do it till about 2 or 3, and then we'd go into regular programming again. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, that's dope. Now, how many years was that again? That yeah. happened from about um, 88 to... I mean, Kansas City is a slow Early jam 2000s. city. Early 2000s. It is. Whenever you get done. Yeah, it's a what? So, it's a slow jam city. I mean, two, two steps, in, slow jam. jam. I mean, yeah. that's I, us. I tell, I tell people part of our culture, like, really. But, but now here's the thing. Yeah. Two-stepping was a thing, and it's always been a thing. It was huge here in the 70s. But when I was growing up in the 80s, uh, we were slow dancing. What's that? I mean, what's the difference? Slow dancing is like, like you, uh, like slow ground, and you hold right, them close, yeah. and you just like sway to the music. So if it's a slower tempo, right. you hold them close. If you can and sing, you sing it in their ear. That's what I do. I don't even know how to two-step. <laughs> yeah, but two-stepping, you know, you still had to know the two-step yeah. if you grew up in the city. I had six aunties. None of us were getting out of the house without knowing how to two-step. Right. Three things you need to know how to do as a black person in Kansas City growing up. Two-step, play spades, and talk shit while you play in space. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You had to know those <laughs> three go. things or your childhood wasn't worth shit. That's the truth. That's the truth. Now, yeah. you had to. You had to. Like, Absolutely so. had to. Yeah, so and, yeah. so let's talk a little bit about music. I know we switched it up okay. a little bit, but you do have an appreciation and a love for music, like just from watching you and obviously what you do now, but when did that start for you? When did you know you were going to be a fan and a student? I had no idea. And this is the thing about radio. I didn't know radio was a job. I didn't know it was a thing you could do. I never, ever wanted to be a radio DJ. It happened to me. Okay. Radio came to me. Okay. But, of course, I used to listen to radio, and I grew up in, uh, in a household that was full of really good music. And uh, shout out to my Uncle Fats and my Uncle Herb and all my brothers, Uncle Bo and my brother Jeff and Greg. And they were always, you know, those big consoles that you see in your grandma and your great-grandma's house. They had the TV in the middle, mm -hmm. the speakers on the side, you lift the top, yeah. Yeah. and you have the, the stereo on the inside. Well, yeah. uh, we grew up in one of those with the nickel to keep the needle on the record, and, you know, they were playing uh, Donald Bird and Blackbird, and they were playing, you know, the Crusaders and the Delphonics, and, mm -hmm. of course, all the stuff from Motown. And then as music changed, you know, all that stuff I grew up with. So on holidays, that was our job to keep the records going. Right. So whenever the, the record stopped, we either had to flip it or change the record. Right, right. Quickly. So there was always music growing up. Yeah. And man. I didn't even know I could sing until eighth grade. Yeah, so how so how did that happen? Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you do. You yeah. grow, man. Come on, keep it uh, gangster. I had a, a teacher who was a vocal music teacher at St. Martin de Porres, Miss Brown, rest, may she rest in peace. Uh, one day in seventh grade, actually, uh, I was walking down the hallway leaving school because it was time to go. And she goes, hey, we're having choir auditions tomorrow. I'll see you after school. I'm like, who are you talking to? It's like, you, tomorrow after school, we're having choir auditions. I was like, um, I can't sing. She goes, we'll see you tomorrow after school. After school. Okay. So, I mean, I had to do it. Miss Brown said I had to be there. So I didn't know anything to audition with. And my mother was a huge Whispers fan. <clears throat> So I knew every Whisper song, front to back, back to front. Whispers got them slappers. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, and still not knowing key and tone and all that stuff, I'm singing along to the Whispers with expert precision. Yeah. Like I've been singing all my life, and I'm in key and everything, but I didn't know any of that. Yeah. So I take 
this song to school the next day and I auditioned to the Whispers say yes. And if oh, anybody man. knows anything about that song, it's pretty oh, vulgar. Because they do this breakdown where they go, have you ever been kissed from head to toe, down your back, around to your navel? Yeah. And this is a Catholic school. And this is a Catholic school. So <laughs> I'm singing a song, not knowing what I'm singing. <laughs> so I get to this part and one of the nerds is like, okay, okay, that's it. Stop. Thanks. You're in. Good. All right. So I'm like, <laughs> you was about to break it well, down. The, the, the nun knew what you was about to say, though. No, no, no. I'm sitting there going, have you ever been kissed around your back? Right. And then she's yeah. like, oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no. She stopped me. Was up, yeah. She saw it coming. She stopped me. That's so I was wild. thinking when you was talking about growing up and listening to the music, the Delphonics and everything, what role did uh, Soul Train play in that as far as just growing up? Let Saturdays? me tell you how Saturdays went at, at, at yeah. my grandma's house. Because everybody wanted to be over grandma's house. All my cousins, everybody. Yeah. We had to be together. Right. Yeah. So we're all over grandma's house on Saturday. So Saturday morning, grandma got up, went to work. And after she went to work, she went to the grocery store. That was her routine. Came to the house after mm-hmm. she was done with the grocery shopping. So that was usually about 5, 6 o'clock in the evening on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So by the time she got to the house, the house had to be spick and span. Right. Yeah. And we're talking from top to the basement. Clean. So... And uh, there was no dishwasher. We were the dishwashers. Right. So, you know, you turn on the TV and you're watching your cartoons in the morning, you're eating your bowl of cereal, and you're watching, you know, uh, Schoolhouse Rock, you're watching Scooby Doo and, yeah. and Grape right. Ape and all the, you know, Tom and Jerry, you're watching all your cartoons. So yeah. then it comes to a point in the morning where, all right, we got to start cleaning up. You start cleaning up. Soul Train comes on. Oh, yeah. Got to pop in the Soul Train. So yeah. then everybody's grabbing brooms and mops. And oh, you got yeah. air guitars and microphones. Oh, yeah. And everybody's mm-hmm. dancing around and singing all that stuff. Right. But we're, we're pantomiming and some people are singing. Like I said, we didn't know singing was an actual thing. Like we were actually doing this shit. Yeah, exactly. Like you we were actually good at it. Yeah. But, you know, we're all doing that. And the older cousins are making sure, you know, all right, that's enough of that shit. Let's right. finish clean it up. Right. So the house, and it's funny how some things bring back certain memories. Mm-hmm. If I hear certain songs, like if I hear a Shalimar song, I can almost smell pine saw in the air <laughs> cleaning the fucking house. That's music. You know what I'm saying? But music is supposed music to evoke is. those memories in right. you. Yeah, like, yeah, so man. we're doing that. And then after Soul Train came on American Bandstand. Yeah. So you got your, your pop music and all of that stuff. Right. And we just took it all in. So that's yeah. just how the Saturdays went. And then Grandma came home. You put up the groceries or whatever. Right. And, Everybody out the house. Uh, yeah, and don't and don't slam the door. Oh either. no no no! And no. ain't no running in and out. No Once running in and out. You out. No running you in and out. Come back in. You staying in. And if anybody was like us, you have those big screen doors, but usually the screen had been knocked out. Right. So you right. still got to open the door. You couldn't walk through that opening with the screen because <laughs> nah, you right. get your head busted. <laughs> nah man. So you know what? We got porches. I, I, yeah. I got a similar. We we just, yeah. just kick it on the porch. Absolutely. But you, you know, know, being in the um, radio and everything, how do you see like hip hop? And how it's changed, how it's transformed. How do you feel about that? Like we we grew up in the hip hop era, you know. I yeah. remember I seen the birth of hip hop. Yeah, the birth of hip hop. I mean, yeah. I remember when I first time I heard Rappers Delight. I remember going to the LL Run DMC Beastie Boys Houdini concert yeah. at Kemp Arena. Yeah, my senior year, Run DMC. I mean, you know. So I remember these things, and then it's the transformation of you know consciousness and. Gangster rap and then dumb down rap, you know. So it's to the, the, to the mumbles. Of it right yeah. Now. So like, in your role now. So like, tell us a little bit about like the transition. Obviously. Two funny stories. Okay. So um, Russell Simmons is in Kansas City for this this hip hop conference, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm on the panel. Russ is on the panel. Get your money right. 
Yeah, I was there. Yeah, was it, was, there. it was a big thing. Yeah. So, uh, well, how many years ago was this? Again? This was a minute ago. Yeah, this was in the nineties. Okay, I think I remember that. Yes. Meet me, that wouldn't meet me in the middle of nothing. No, no, no. Okay, go ahead. So, um, uh, he comes to the radio station. We do the interview, or whatever. Right. And uh, we're talking off the mic. And this is the first time I ever felt like, as busy as I was, I felt like I wasn't doing shit because Russell Simmons had two assistants with him. And he was working a phone and two Blackberries and talking to his assistants. So when the red light came on, Russell was all engaged in the conversation, but he was still working his Blackberry, but he was still talking. Once the light went off, Russ is talking to the assistants, do this, do this, run this, run this, pick up this, do this, that. And he's, you know, and we're talking and we're engaged in conversation. So... Somebody said something about, you know, hip-hop and how it was changed or whatever. I was like, yeah, I hate that shit. I hate hip-hop. Right. Russell stopped and looked at me and goes, how the fuck you going to say you hate hip-hop? I was like, I, I hate hip-hop. I, <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not what I do. And, I mean, you're supposed to, hip-hop is supposed to be something that I'm connected to because I'm growing up in it. But I can't relate to any of the shit they're talking about. He goes, but as a black man, how can you say you hate hip-hop? I was like, because I hate the shit that they do. He's like, so it took his breath away. And he was like, wow. right. I'll consume with that. So again, we went through an interview, did all that. So he kept going about, how the fuck can you hate hip-hop? He was pissed. Oh, he was mad. So he's having this conversation. And we're talking and he's going all into it. So we get to the venue, which was at Bartle Hall or um, it was at Bartle Hall. Yeah, Bartle Hall. Yeah. So uh, we're standing backstage and we're about to go on. And he goes, yeah. And this motherfucker said he hated hip-hop. So everybody looked at the all right, now the second really part, interesting. Yeah, okay, so the man. second funny story you is get it right with Russell. He still shook his head at me. He's like, I understand what hey, you're you saying, but what? stop saying you fucking hate hip hop. Wow. What's what's the consensus at the end of the day? Okay. So okay. I, I have the conversation. Hey, you know what? Black fist in the air for you. You know. <laughs> Hey, you I ain't gonna say what you that, feel. You no, know. I mean, what you feel. And, and, and we'll get into that while we're talking about standing your no, ground and what's going on that. today. Yeah, okay, cool. So I had a conversation with Talib Kweli, and we're talking, and um, I was telling him the story of how I hate hip hop and Russell and all that. He goes, Bro, I get where you're coming from, but don't say you hate hip hop. Say you hate some of the motherfuckers in hip hop. Because okay. it is some motherfuckers out there who are ruining a good name in hip-hop and, right. and trashing it and doing something totally different. But don't right. say you hate hip-hop. Say you hate some of the motherfuckers some in hip-hop. Yeah. Okay. I was like, you know what? I can I give, mean, I can good give call. That. Good call. Yeah, I mean, that's some blanket statement. Yeah. East I mean, right. 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 But, but if you say some of, it takes the yeah. onus off of all right. of it. That's right. true. So there are certain elements. And I like Talib Kweli. You don't want to paint with such a broad brush. Absolutely. And that's he's like, you know, it's only few and it's a lot you don't listen to. And I get it. responsible for a lot of the negativity and all that oh, as well. Shit. So now he's, you know, you know, I don't want to get into that. And, but, and he's not personally, but because Russell was one of the, the 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 pioneers of the game, and he let the artists be artists. He, he never he never to told them this is how you're going to do, this is what right. you're going to do, which is why his artists always had right. long careers. Right. But right. that's you know the whole thing, you know, Leo Core and and all that. Leo you know, they yeah. they've capitalized off of our culture. You know what I'm saying? And they, well, what you saying and, and, but, that, and, and, and then that's that's a fine line, too. That This takes me to that little black boy in that uh, monkey, in that the coolest monkey in the jungle hoodie yeah, okay. for H&M. Don't be mad at H&M. That little black boy did not walk into that photo shoot by himself. He walked Somebody in there with an agent and his parents. His parents they knew like yeah. what was going on. Oh, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people do call their little babies monkeys because little monkeys are cute. Yeah. And they yeah. call them little monkeys. So was it wasn't a derogatory thing, but... A lot of people take shit out of context now, and, and they run with it. And here's the thing. You can say, fuck that, fuck H&M, 
for letting that little boy wear that. But now that little boy has an opportunity to go to college and do shit he's never was never able to do before that. So it paid him to do something, and now he can go and fight and do something different with that money. Why everybody's hating on it? Because I'm sure. I mean, you don't come down on fucking uh, little Tom Tom, your cousin who's a crack dealer, for selling crack and killing motherfuckers. Right. No, we glorify little Tom Tom. That's right. right. But you, little you Tom Tom's the man. Right, but you mad at, at Lil Jacob and shit because right. he made some money as a model. Everybody right. has their own problems. Because we're, yeah, nobody we're has so ceremonial. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. Here, here in America, you know, so I'm not going to yeah. judge Don King or LeBron James for whatever they do, so no. I, I totally understand it. Yeah. But as far as my opinion is concerned on how I feel about certain rap or yeah. what have you, yeah. You know, and, I think that, yes. If you want to call it selling your soul, whatever you want. And like it's I not, said, it's not selling your everybody soul. Everybody has your, their own cross to bear, you know. And yeah. it's what, whatever people, a person's comfortable But some doing. people don't even consider it a cross because they're not doing it as something that they're passionate about or this is all my life's work right here. Yeah. They're just a means to an end. Right. That's oh, all it is. A lot. That's all like it is. Like, officer, like, like, a job. like I, could be a, I could be a Muslim working at the pork shack and not eat the bacon, but this check is keeping my life. Yeah, there you go. And I'm not going to judge context. you for that. Absolutely. No, but I, that's what I'm I, not, my point know. about us sometimes being too ceremonial about shit instead of being practical. Always posturing. You know what I'm saying? We, we got we got enough ceremonial things. We, we can celebrate our asses off. Right. But sometimes we got to get to the work of like being strategic. And sometimes it's got to right. be that that spook by the door. You know yeah. what I'm saying? To get shit done. So Especially as a black man. You but, are like that spook by the door. Sometimes. So, so Sean, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit. And, I, and, I, and forgive me. And slow down. You got, got plenty of time. We still got almost an hour, bro. Okay, cool. I got I got some 17 going. Uh, a little 1738 cognac. Pairing up with this quesada. And it's actually... So what's the history good. on that? On the, uh, a Dominican rapper is all I really know. Okay. I should have educated myself a lot more. But, but it's their it's 70th anniversary. Because it's usually not in the Dominican yeah, rapper. But this uh, tobacco has been aged for at least two years if i'm not mistaken nice uh so i mean it's it's really going well you know i was uh really going well and uh it's not over the top like crazy it's not switching yeah. up or anything it's just like highly complex good smoke all the way through man so i'm enjoying it but i want to talk a little bit about going back to kprs days okay and who are some of the most like compelling people to you that you've ever got a chance to experience? I know you were busy in a lot of different facets in your work there. But I have met Maya Angelou. I've met Nikki Giovanni. I mean, uh, I drove Nikki Giovanni around. We had oh, long conversations. That's okay. Um, and <laughs> Nikki, what about, Nikki what, Giovanni is hilarious. What about Tupac? I, I, I interviewed Tupac twice in my life. And Biggie. I've never interviewed or met Biggie. So was Tupac, what was the Tupac uh, experience I, like? Meeting him. Was um, it all like... Was, was I'm, kick, was, what was it like? Let me put this out there. I'm not a, a big fan of Tupac. Oh, shit. I'm not. Yeah, uh, Sean. I, I, I get it, but now, I mean, man. if but you, you go back and listen... to thinker, I'll give you I am. Tupac... Yeah. A lot of his lyrics are recycled. Even when he was alive, he kept saying a lot of the same shit over and over. And I challenge you... He had you, a message to try to get out. There wasn't no message involved in it. Uh, <laughs> and I challenge you to listen to some of his shit. It just... It was repetitive. And I'm like, you know, for as dope as you're supposed to be, dude, come on. Okay. Come yeah, on. But, but, so you, but you I will tell you this. was overrated. As a rapper? Yeah. Possibly. Okay. Wow. But he was a very brilliant individual. Okay. And I will tell you, he is probably still one of the best rapper actors to ever grace the planet Earth. And man, okay, I would he agree was, with you there. I'll he was an yeah. amazing actor, and he was well read. Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. So, um, he, uh, art school, like absolutely, he, yeah. You know? So uh, most of our conversation was was 
intellectual and of uh, a little a literary variety. And he was like amazed at what I knew, just as I was amazed at what he knew. And we having a conversation. The very first time I met Tupac, the very first question I asked him was a silly ass question: mm-hmm. Where were you born? Mm-hmm. He said in the gutter. Damn. So we looked at each other for about two minutes. He looked at me like, "Is that all you gonna come at me with, mm-hmm. motherfucker? You about to interview Tupac and you gonna ask me where I, where was I born?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then we went to some other shit. He was like, "All right, I see what you're doing." Yeah. So was, it was he, kind of a, a baiting thing. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And so what what about Suge Knight? Did you ever get a chance to meet him? I, yes, I I know people who work with Suge Knight. Yeah. So uh, and he's everything that 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 you've seen on TV. He's always been a bully and, you know, <laughs> always try to control the environment that he was in. And he was he was that guy. Wow. Yeah, I mean. He, I thought he, he was. had Napoleonic right. syndrome at fucking 6'4", whatever, however tall he is. Right. Like, oh, he dude, was off the chain. For niggas like me. Right, like, like you got a little man trapped in you. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Relax. Yeah. I mean, really. It's like, dude, ain't nobody fucking <laughs> with you because you're about as big as a bus. So you can bring it. You turn it down to four. You all right. You all right. <laughs> right. But he was, he was that guy. Yeah, I mean, that's wild, man, meeting all these people right. and, you know, connecting the city and for a long time. And still, honestly, to this day, man, you like the voice of the city, so many people. I mean, what is that like? I mean, what is that like? What's that experience like for you? I mean, to have so much experience getting out there, connecting other people, you know, connecting um, who you meet and your experiences. And then just like, how does that work for you? man? I honestly don't know because I don't look at it like that. Right. I, I've never taken what I do for granted. And I've never put myself in a position to think that I was uh, some kind of star or, or bigger or better than anybody around here. I mean, I'm still, you know, Sean the same Tyler. kid that grew up in Parker Square. This is my my given name, so mm-hmm. I'm going to be Sean Tyler till the day that I die. And up. I grew up with a bunch of people who were, if I did, like, put on airs and do all that shit, you know, they'd whoop my ass. Right. Some of my, my closest friends and relatives were some of the biggest drug dealers back in the, the 80s and right. 90s. And... They respected me so much and knew that I was going to do something right. that they protected me to a sense. Right. So when I would go and, and see them at their trap houses, everything stopped. They wouldn't allow anything to be sold. They wouldn't allow anything to go down while I was there. Right, right. You That's know, dope, so, and wherever we were, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always in a room with somebody I know. So they're, they're always watching me and protecting me. Yeah. So, um, funny yeah. story, my nieces who are um, in their 30s now, but they were just getting in the club scene. They were in their 20s. And some some dude and his friend, you know, posturing, mm-hmm. probably some drug dealers or something, kept harassing him, you know, like, dance with us, let's buy our drinks, let us, you know, whatever, whatever. So my nieces them kept telling them, no, no, we good, we good. You know, so they just kept on. It's like, hey, we good, go on, you know. Right. So then he started getting loud or whatever. So I come over. I'm like, uh, everything cool? They said, oh, no, we keep telling this dude, we, we all right, you know, leave us alone. Right. I was like, Bro, you need something? He goes, oh, no, nah, dude, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to holler. It's like, all right, well, they told you, you know, they gone. So his boy goes, so his boy goes, hey, man, you know, that's Sean Tyler. He goes, the radio dude? He goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, fuck that radio dude. You know, fuck that. Hey, baby. I was like, hey, dude. He said they don't want to holler at you. He's like, oh, so what? I'm going to get jumped by the radio dude? He's like, you can call me what the fuck you want to. Radio right. is not my life. You know, you don't exactly. know shit about me. Exactly. So my friends see me from the other side of the room, and now I'm agitated. I guess I got that stance. Like, all right, well, I'm going to have to grab this little nigga by the throat. Yeah, it's about to pop so off. out of nowhere, nine motherfuckers come over and be like, hey, you good, bro? So all of a sudden, he's like, oh, no, we cool, man. I was just trying to holler. And he's like, you know. 
Right. Why come cats like that just don't care? I don't <laughs> but you know, I think the main thing That'd is. That'd be the main issue with a lot of problems. As long problems as you stay in, in your lane. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's hard sometimes. And you, you got a little bit of money real. sometimes in Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. And you in the club saying, that's why I like it really have to fall back. I'm going to that Stokely concert this week. I'll be there. You going? He's a friend of mine. That's my dude. I know. So, like, yeah, tell us about that, man. So, So the low-key days and shit like that, too. (laughs) Let me make this point, though. So, if you are staying your own lane and you're real, people will respect you. And that's what young people need to realize. But young people need to realize this about respect. Respect is earned, not given. Right. So, I don't care what you have or who you think you are. Nobody owes you any respect. Right. Unless you earn it, there you right. go. so if you if he come to my nieces in a respectful manner, mm-hmm. because of the way they was raised, they probably would have you know responded to him in a respectful manner, and I'm sure they did two or three times. But all right, we told you no. We said that's now before. it's to the point where you are being a fucking nuisance. Exactly. Right. But people need to understand, no matter what you got, it is not licensed to do whatever the fuck you want. Right. There you go. And it has some respect. Start with respect. That's it. Start with respect. And that's what respect. I tell these kids, you know, in the, in the classroom. You have the right to come to school, but you don't have right the right to raise hell and prevent others from learning. Yeah. You don't. About, East Ab told me in one of our first episodes that he would have kicked me out of his classes. Just, he said probably. See, I, he I, don't I, even I can care. see that. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing about a classroom setting. And I... I, yeah. I, used, I I done spoken thousands of, of classrooms. Right. You spoke at Westport. Uh, yeah, thousands of classrooms and, and lots of kids. I used to teach a class mm-hmm. on diversity to children from all over different backgrounds of the city on Martin Luther King Day mm-hmm. on the Rockhurst campus. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I always try to, to, to instill in them, like, listen, classroom is like your job. Right. When you go to work, you are not the employer, you're the employee. Yeah. So you have to stay in an employee's place. Yeah. When you come in here, this is my space. There you go. You do what I tell you to do. Respect. It's and respect. then when when the bell rings, you go out in the hallway, you on your time. Lunch, you on your time. Recess, you on your time. When that door closed and that bell ring, you on my time. Mm-hmm. Right. So this this is your job. You, and go. you got one job to fucking learn. So you, you can't be a McDonald's employee and be working fries and then hindering the work of the motherfucker on the grill because you going to get fired. Right. And the nigga on the fries ain't playing no game because he moved up. <laughs> See what I'm saying? He's going to let us now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the low-key Stokely thing. Um, yeah, man. Okay. Uh, yeah. Words What's of going mother, on bro. Uh, I went to all the cats in low-key, first of all, are yeah. older than me. Okay. Tyrone, T-Bone. The, the funny thing is, when I was in high school, when I was a freshman, I was always in, in the in crowd. So I was always hung out with the older people. So they always thought I was their age, except uh, when they saw me. It's like, Lincoln is where I was my freshman year. Okay. So I was 5'5 five, five when I graduated high school, so I was always short. So when I graduated high school, I looked like I was in the eighth grade. That's how small I was. Damn. So freshman year, I'm standing at my locker trying to figure stuff out, and some cheerleaders are around me, and they're like, "Oh, he's so cute, Leslie. You know, like he's lost, whatever." Right. <laughs> so I the first come right. Who's this motherfucker around all the girls? <laughs> so they say, like, "Hey, bro, Junior Building's across the street. You're in the wrong." <laughs> oh, I'm like, "They play." Well, I'm actually a freshman. It's like what? It's like whatever, dog. So they go about the business, and that's the cool thing about Lincoln at the time. Lincoln was so dope that they had a high school fraternity called the L.A. Dogs. Oh, wow. Wow. So as I'm standing at my locker, here come four dudes on all fours on a leash 
with these other cats and they come down the hall barking. They were being hazed in the fraternity as they were coming down the hall and it freaked me out. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Wow. Damn. So one of the cats, uh, Prof T, stopped and was hollering at me because Prof's not real tall either. So we yeah. talked for a second and um, they invited me down to the band room because I wasn't in band. So we were talking and, you know, I ended up getting in a New Dimension band, this band I was in all through high school and mm-hmm. making connection with all these guys. Yeah. So I've known them all of my life. And um, when they got their record deal with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, went up to Minnesota and yeah, cause um, you, yeah. So New Dimension, yeah. You were on Arsenio Hall and stuff too, right? No, no, no. Uh, the Apollo Showtime Apollo at the Apollo show. twice. Okay. Yes. Twice. Oh, really? I didn't twice know. on the Apollo. Yeah. That's dope. New with, York City. with New Dimension. Yes. Wow. Yes. We had a we won a contest. There was a radio station called KCXL, which was AM fifteen ninety uh, or fifteen seventy, and um, every day at, after school at three o'clock. Every black student in the city would run home so they could check out this radio program, which is hosted by a DJ named Joe Johnson. So DJ was his DJ name. Right. right. So he, you call in the request line, be like, DJ, please pick up your phone. No, this, hey, this is DJ. Right. Hey, DJ, can I get three? You know you can. So you do these shout outs. Like I like to shout out, you know, um, so and so high school. Yeah. I like to shout out everybody so working zips. Yeah. I like to shout out my girl working music land on the land. And yeah. you got your three, or your two, or your one. So you know we did that. And they had a radio contest where Pepsi wanted somebody locally to make a jingle for them. And if you won the contest, they would press 500 records for you. Ooh. New Dimension won the contest. And um, we printed 500 records of a single that we had on one side called Levi's. And uh, the other side, which was our theme song, We Are the New Dimension. So we were kind of big around town. And we used to go on tours of all the schools, middle and high schools in the city, and perform during the 7th and 8th hour, along with Ad Hoc, you know, because they had a Say No to Drugs campaign. Right. So we go to these schools, and the girls were screaming. And, you know, it was was a big deal. It was was crazy. It was crazy. That's dope, (laughs) though. Yeah. Wow. I never so you performed on the Apollo twice. 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 Yes. Apollo. I might have to put that on, you know, That's, Facebook. Hey, you, <laughs> can only, you know you can only get this information people, on the Cigar Talk podcast. You know what how I'm many saying? people have performed at the Apollo? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the same stage of that so many How many people so many people and, have been on yeah, that nigga, stage? Hey, yeah. my Angelo. You know what I'm saying? Everybody. Yeah. I mean, saying? really. Um, the temptations, I mean, shit. you name it. I mean, you go through the Apollo. Uh shit. Uh Sean Edwards, shout out to my homie Sean Edwards. Oh, yeah. Sean, yeah. Um, oh he cool dude. We uh, put together uh, Black Expo with Group 53, which was a black marketing firm, which Ooh. was... Black Expo. The yes. Black Expo. The Black Expo. Oh, yeah. So what year was that again? This was early 90s. Early 90s. I remember this Black Expo. This is 91 to like 96. Yeah. Had to have gone to the Black Expo. Yeah, Everybody right. was at the Black Expo. Y'all got to have me and Sean Edwards on here together to tell these stories. That would be dope. So, I can call Sean, too. Yeah. Fine. So um, we had SWV... At the Cobra's Den, performing on a, a six-inch platform, mm-hmm. right weeks before the album came out. Wow! We had Tony, Tony, Tony at the Epicurean for a coat drive before Tony, Tony, Tony blew up. Right. You know, so yeah, um, bro. Yeah. The Black Expo That's was crazy. The Black Shantae Expo Moore, yeah. uh, yeah. Tevin Campbell, Tracy Spencer, Shawnee Wilson. I mean, right. the list goes on. I have pictures with all these people. People when we came met. from out of town. People came back to Kansas City. That was like kind of like a homecoming. I, and I'm ready, to, I'm ready to put this out there. Okay, so, let's go. So I'm on the air. Me and Tony G were doing a morning show uh, a few years ago. This wasn't even that long ago. And he goes, hey, bro, did you see your girlfriend on on TV show last night? And he's like, what girlfriend are you talking about? Mm-hmm. He goes, on the Braxtons. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. Tabor and them got a show. I was like, no. So I checked it out. 
And the next morning, he's like, so did you see it? I'm like, yeah. He's like, so what do you think? I was like, that is not the Tamar I know. Tamar. So the Braxtons had just come out around Black Expo time. Okay. Wow. They were here for three or four days, mm-hmm. and I was rolling around with them. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. And uh, me and Tamar had a little thing. Oh, shit. Like, so uh, <laughs> yeah. went to see her in L.A. Oh, she I'm came back here and hung out. But the Tamar Braxton you see on TV is not really Tamar Braxton. I don't know who okay. that is. She was not that over she the top in Atlanta. No, okay. no, no, okay. no, no, no. That's okay. good to know that you knew the real her. Yeah. yeah. And it's nothing like knowing a real woman, man, especially when they coming up like yeah. that, man. That's amazing, bro. So right. I, I, had a, I had a couple of flings. Listen, I know that's some, some right, people. bro. I know that's right. Hey, that's a, that's very very. Uh, Jada Pinkett. Wow. Oh, shit, Jada too. Damn. Me and Jada now, never hooked up though. Okay. But here's the thing. What kind? How did that flame So look like? I was Tech Nine's original road manager. Okay. So we're in L. A. for Nuthouse. We had just gotten signed to Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's Perspective uh, Records label. Okay. Okay. And um, we're doing some press stuff in in Hollywood. We just had lunch with the record company, whatever. So we get back to the hotel, mm-hmm. and. Um, the concierge gives me this note, said, hey, there's a message for you. So I'm reading the message and I'm going over it four or five times because I don't understand it till we get back to our room. I was like, uh, would you like to be with Minister Minister Cyrusy something tonight at seven? I was like, I don't know any ministers out here. And I kept reading it. I kept reading it over and over. And I slowed it down. I was like, Minister Society. Oh, oh do y'all want to go to the premiere of Minister Society? <laughs> okay. So everybody's like, hell yeah. This so we get dressed. We go to the premiere. And uh, it's a red carpet thing. BET is there. So uh, back then I was dressed up a lot. So I was looking all, all super Hollywood. And taking them look like rappers. So we get out of the limo. We're walking up the red carpet, and BET grabs and is like, hey, you mind we interview real quick? I'm like, not a problem. Mm-hmm. So they ask me some questions, talk to me, interview's over. They go, so who are you? I say, Sean, Tyler, yada, yada. It's like, so who are you? I'm like, that's it. Like, I'm their road manager. It's like, oh, shit, we thought you were somebody. You look like somebody. It's like, well, no, not at all, but thanks. So we go into the theater, and we're sitting on the back of the chairs watching everybody come in. So coming down the aisle, it's Tachina Arnold. Okay. Okay. Um, from Martin, yeah. Pam from Martin. Yeah. Um, uh, what's um, what's her name? The other girl, Martin's oh, girlfriend, uh, Gina. Gina. Gina from Martin. Yeah. Um, Jada Pinkett's and two or three other people. I want to say Jasmine guys. It's like a bunch of them. So they're walking toward us. Okay. And we're just talking. We're not thinking they're coming to sit where we are. So they're talking, and you know how girls do. So they look at us, and they start whispering amongst themselves and talking. So we're not paying them no attention. They sit down right behind us. Okay. So we're still watching the door, seeing who's all coming in the premiere. I mean, okay. everybody. Everybody's like, coming in there. John yeah. Singleton, everybody's coming yeah. in. So we're like, oh, shit, this is Hollywood. <laughs> so Real Hollywood. They're still sitting behind us, looking at us, whispering and talking to and we're not paying no attention. Movie starts, we sit down, we enjoy the movie. We go to the premiere party. Now, comedian Michael Collier is a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and earlier that afternoon, we were with him on Venice Beach, and he shot some footage of Tech and him doing some freestyle and us hanging out on the is beach. Is that that one? Uh, I seen a video recently, I think. Yeah. So, so he just out there just busting. Freestyling. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I was actually holding the camera at that point. No shit. Yeah. So, um, I'm talking to Michael Collier at the at the party. Mm-hmm. So, Icy Rock, Dino Mac, and Tech are off in the party somewhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, now, it's been a couple minutes, so I'm mm-hmm. like... Mike, hold on a second. So I'm looking around to see where they are. Jada comes up to him, and my back is turned. So I hear somebody say to him, like, hey, do you know who that is? He goes, yeah, that's my boy. She goes, introduce me to him. So I get this tap on my shoulder. I turn around. Jada's right here in my face. Really? And she says, hi. I was like, 
Hi, excuse me a moment. And I walk off, <laughs> grab the guys, and we leave because we have an early morning the next day oh. and we need to get out of there. No, that counts. So Tech thinks the story is hilarious. Like, dude, dude. you, you could have been Will Smith. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is dope as fuck. So they kind of caught you a little off guard. Well, I'm, and and tech will tell you this also. When I'm working, I'm all about business, and nothing is going to move me from that. I know that. Oh, wow. So I wasn't worried about Jada. I was worried about where Tech and Icy Rock and Dino Mac were. Yeah. And I needed to get them out of there so we could get some rest because rappers are hard as fuck to get up in the morning because we had a bunch of press today. Exactly. So exactly. I got my guys and we left. And, then, and speaking of that, so like, you know, your involvement obviously with Strange Music goes back to its inception, right? Yes. So, I mean, how did that come about and how did you balance what you, you know, obviously with your career and what you have responsibility-wise and, you know, in the radio and, and other other things? Like, how do you balance that? So I was about 21, 22 at the time uh, when all that was taking place. Mm -hmm. And this is 91, 92. And uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis obviously didn't know what to do with tech and ended up leaving the label. And then years later, all the stuff with QD3 and, yep. and Sway and all of that stuff went down. So I'm back at radio. Okay. Because I was doing my stuff with them, you know, taking vacation time or weekends, yeah, flying yeah. out, doing all that stuff. Right. So um, years later, 2000, Tech and Travis hook up. Hook up <clears throat> and um, I'm always there, phone call away, they need some. You know, yeah. I'm always, you know, Travis, y'all cool, y'all need something, y'all need me to help out, do some whatever. So I was always kind of there, but never in a full on working capacity and and after I got fired from 103 and I couldn't go to 107 for six months because of not you got fired clothes. from 103 yeah that's oh yeah no 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 we can't just skip gloss <laughs> yeah we definitely can't <laughs> because you were 103 yeah the white linen party the so, everything yeah, 103 yeah, we have to talk about that wait a minute right. wait a minute let's just stop right here hold on I might need some more 17 for these <laughs> All right, so while you're getting your more 1738, okay. I'll finish the story okay. about, about tech. So when that happened, um, I got a call, and it's like, hey, bro, do you want to come on full-time? You want to talk about it? I was like, all right, shit, I can't do that now, so okay. sure. So I come over, and I start working there. And uh, I've been there five years now, maybe. Uh, yeah, 107, wow. I, I know it was around, it was at, around the same strange. time I left FVC. You, you good? East Avenue, he wanted a little taste Oh, now. moving on up. I mean, so, wait. yeah, so wait. I'm the uh, director of communications artist manager for the label, so I kind of... Uh, and the liaison for all the artists on the label and the yeah. label itself. Because I'm not their personal manager. No, I know. Yeah. I so, mean, we, back to the KBRS yeah. thing. Okay. Hold on, wait. Shout out to Strange Music, though. Yeah. Okay, this is the number one. Strange! It's the number one independent record label in the world. March 2nd, Planet comes out. It's going to be a huge record. Oh, hell yeah, man. Yeah. I see. Bro, Don't nobody want nothing? He's yeah. doing the, uh, the he back to the B-Boy yeah. shit. Yeah. I seen the picture of the dope today. He got uh, the track suit on and shit. With yeah. the big, oh, That's really it, amazing. Yeah. Number one. Number one. Yeah. Ain't nobody fucking with it, bro. Yeah. Everything strange, bro. You can look at it. So for I mean, all he our really listeners out there, so, Planet comes out when? March 2nd. March 2nd. March 2nd. So, so, what, sure I mean, so that means he controls everything about his, yeah. his label. Everything. Yeah. Um, from making it to the merchandising to distribution. Everything, how we do what we do. Yeah, I mean, that's, All day. We have, that's been well we have documented. Our own, we have our own trucks. We have our own buildings. We build our own buildings. So was Master Everything. P, he was set up like that at one point in time, did he? Um, I don't think Master P was as deep as we are. And, and what we do because no. it's 100% it's us yeah exactly like he had to answer to a major label at the end of the day yeah. we don't so East that's Ab. black history yeah itself. exactly East yeah. Ab. we don't it it's really basically is. the blueprint of how things how pe what people aspire to now if they're in this yeah. music business right is what y'all been doing for since it's inception it's really amazing you know what I'm really. saying so that's a, that's a big shit but I want to talk about 
this one. I didn't know. I never knew one of three five. I never knew. I, I thought you just no transition. No, you know I what didn't. I'm saying? Uh, one of the, I'm I'm not gonna throw more names out there, but uh, a position a person who was in position of power at the time was on the air one time and uh, got removed from air and thought that I took his spot, which I didn't because I had no control over that. Oh, but I was told, you know, some five heartbeats. You're going to be doing mornings, so. Okay. And they were taking off mornings I was put on. So there was a target on my back for years. And they've always been gunning for me. So they found something that they could use against me in a contract and let me go because of it. Ah, oh, fuck, bro. Oh, no. I never knew that. Dude. So at 107, though. Let's you... see. I, I want to say it was five, maybe six years ago, five years ago. But I knew it was on Cinco de Mayo. It was a Friday. May 5th. That's our anniversary of the it, cigar line. It was the greatest day of my life. I felt like somebody had taken a, a bus that was on fire off of my back. Man. Like I literally sat what in the shit, in the driveway in the parking lot of 103 for a few minutes, taking a deep sigh, and was like, "Oh, I feel so much better." And in the 15 minutes it took me to leave from there to get home, I already had five job offers. Damn, bro! So what was your schedule like in what, 103? Hold on, hold on, was it, like tell it was. I mean, like from Wednesday to Saturday, my day could be anywhere from 12 hours to 16 hours long. Damn, that's what I'm saying. I couldn't tell that. I'm sorry, 12 to 23 hours long. It, all day, but I'm saying yeah. I couldn't see that. Like when I run into you in the community or wherever, no, I never. It was just Sean Taylor. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's why I was a shock to me. Cause I'm like, how the fuck is he gone? He is KPRS. Yeah. Like it didn't make sense to me, but I didn't know you was. And, and no much. shade or hate on on the rest yeah. of them, but it ain't been the same. No, and anybody will tell obviously you. that. I yeah. mean, that's that's yeah. true. But it's I mean, true. I've even had some of the DJs who were told to not like me, or that I was a cancer, that weren't even allowed to train up under me. You know, to come in a pause, like, bro, we had no idea. We thought it was you, but it wasn't. You know, they kept Man. saying this was you, yada, yada. I was like, yeah, no. But you, you kept your glow. You kept pushing, oh, and obviously, dude, you I mean, what you do now. That's how we were raised. You know, one monkey don't stop no show. No, you ain't gonna no, stop no, me right. from from breathing and eating and doing what I do. I, I mean, if I'm good at this shit, there, some magic it's gonna be even better. They've been, they been trying to get me in Dallas for over 25 years. I had offers in Atlanta and other places. And over I see the you years. in Chicago a lot too. Yeah, and you know, but I had small children here, and I told my kids that I wouldn't leave here until right. they graduated high school, which there is why I stayed here. That's what's up, that, man. That's dope. I, I mean, I, I commend you for the time that I got to fall in love with that station and what they represented but a lot of that had to do with you your leadership your energy you know your personality all that shit mattered and you I mean and everybody I talked to has the same feeling one thing that was immensely important to me being from this city was my connection to the city itself no matter if they were you were white or black or what area of town it was yeah you know because I I'm still me whether I'm sitting with the the CEO of Coca-Cola, uh, who ran the region. Shout out to Joe. You know, okay. these are friends of mine. I mean, no different than I am if I go on 12th Street and run into my homies that I grew up with. I mean, I'm the same guy. You are who you are. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's dope, man. So, I'm gonna, so the White Linen Party, though, because this was one of my, this is, that was a go-to move for me every single year. How did that all come about and um, and you developed that concept? Because I know it's KPRS is now, right? No, no. There, there is no white linen party. I don't oh, care what okay. they call it. It, it is not the same. Okay. And, okay. and we'll go into that now. Um, okay. The president of the company came to all of the jocks and told us, you know, as a commitment to the community, we all need to connect with one particular event or organization to make ours so we can, like, groom it and, and make it something and have that connection. Yeah. So um, one of my nicknames is the P. Diddy of Kansas City. Okay. And uh, P. Diddy would throw a white party. Memorial Day weekend in the Hamptons every year. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. So 
a girlfriend of mine from high school, uh, her mom used to work at KCATA. Mm -hmm. And one of her mom's best friends had um, a granddaughter mm -hmm. who had leukemia and passed away at a very young age. Mm. And because of my connection to her and knowing her mom and a lot of her coworkers, uh, I was connected to that family. Yeah. And when they created the Bria T. Chisholm Foundation, they asked me if I wanted to be a board member. And I was like, well, I'm too busy to sit on the board right. and, and be an actual physical presence, but I know what I can do. Mm -hmm. What I can do is take this organization on my back and create awareness. Because mm -hmm. uh, yeah. a lot of blood disorders and a lot of, of medical issues black people can only deal with other black people because of our genetic makeup so um, I got people to learn about bone marrow and bone marrow donation through the Bria Chisholm Foundation that was one of the things with the white linen party because um, the low count in white blood cells and P. Diddy's white linen party I put them together and I was like bam this is what we'll do so um, Whenever you went to the white linen party in the early years inception of the, the party, you know, you would take a buckle swab or yeah, give a sample I so you'd get that, on yeah. the bone marrow registry list. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then you, you know, that and the donation to the organization, then you go and enjoy the concert and the party. Right, right. But now, I mean, you know, it became a thing for them over the years, even when I was still there where they decided there was a lot of money to be made. So they would write my foundation a small amount of money. And walk mm. away with the larger portion. They became right. a money-making venture for them. Right, right. So even when I was still there, I told them, take my name off the party. I don't want to be involved anymore if this because is how you're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. So they stopped giving money to the charity. They stopped even talking about the charity. It's not a charitable event anymore. It's just nah. a money-making event for the Man, station that's now. Fucked up. So wow. even when I was even when I was there, they were still doing it. But I wasn't involved in like the last four or five before I left the station five years right. ago. And that's Man. something that's really yeah. You know, to take somebody else's idea. And, and it's not even taking the idea. Fuck the idea. There are black children who have leukemia right. whose parents don't know what to do, how to do, where to get treatment, how to... I mean, most of the money oh, that yeah. we raised was going to bury small children. Damn, bro. You know, paying for funeral expenses and, mm. and paying to make sure they were comfortable in their last days at Children's Mercy Hospital and that kind of stuff. And that's what I see that yeah. they the took radio away. Station they took that, that away. They took that away. Yeah, and, it, and yeah, and that, it, and that mean, bothers me. That I mean, that's right. if there's one grudge that I hold against them, it's that. Yeah, I mean, and that's rightfully so. Right, I mean, fuck I you, firing me. I'm cool, but that that yeah. that pissed me off years before. Yeah, I don't know how you job that with what you're supposed to be, especially being that old and being. And you, you know, you claim to be the community station and yeah, all, but this man, is, and tough. you know, but if we so did such a good job at branding it that people don't even hear that the Bria T. Chisholm Foundation is not even involved no. anymore. There's no charity aspect to it. No. Yeah, no. I think I actually know. Would you ever mother. do something like that again, though? Would you ever? Oh, absolutely. To, to something to help to somebody? Something like yeah, that, yeah. I, all day. Okay. Because yeah. they were trying yeah. to to find something. It's like, let's do a black limp. I don't want to be associated with that at all because I don't want that connection made yeah. to them. It's going to come to you, though. Yeah. It's going to come organically and yeah. it's going to come absolutely. similar to the way and it's going to last for 20 yeah. and 30 years like everything else that you touch, man. Right. So that's dope. I mean, I, understanding it now, I feel a little bit better about at least, you know, why it isn't and I don't have to have any association. Yeah, so, yeah, and then I tell people all the time, and, I, and you... You have yet to see me blast them on social media or say anything about it, you know, because I'm not that guy. But you when I'm on the T like uh, Quincy Jones, Quincy Jones right? Week. So <laughs> when I when I see people and they're like friends of mine, they're talking about going away. I was like, hey man, you fucking traitor! Don't go to that goddamn party. I don't care who's performing. It's not what it's about. So you know, I, I was. How long did that uh, party go on? 
They're still doing it. They still do it. Well, they still do it. Still do it. Now, now that I know, I mean, I, you could think about it. You could be conscious about. And they got the nerve to still do it on my birthday weekend. <laughs> That's fucked up. Bro. Yeah, your birthday is like a fucking holiday. Didn't you go on a cruise or some shit? I, I I, we did a big cruise, and we're doing another one uh, this year, uh, okay. February fifth, uh, September fifteenth through the twenty second. We're going to uh, four ports in uh, Mexico. So the tickets available now for that? Yes, you can log on to Magic. Cruise, magicgroovecruise.com or just go to magic1073.com and get all the information. So we gotta go. We gotta do a yeah. cigar talk podcast from the crew. It's gonna be yeah. dope. Man. Oh, that'd be dope. I, yeah. like, I like how you celebrate your birthday, bro. That's real shit. So, as far as Carter Broadcasting concerns, is that still a black owned business or is that more corporate or how is it? I mean, it's still a small owned business. It's still a black owned business. Yeah, I mean, it's. But it seems really corporate brand. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you walk through there, you might not is. see as many black people. Exactly. It's right. <laughs> well, weird. Well, it's like, okay. It's weird all the way around. So, text new albums coming out. What's going on with Strange Music? I mean, like, I know uh, we are uh, have our first two pop acts coming out in the first quarter as well. Uh, McKenzie. Yeah. McKenzie comes out in April. The Edge. Um, they're in L.A. Her and Tech right now. Yeah, I seen him. OG. Shout out to OG Mugs. Yeah, he came through the lounge. That's, that's going to be a great album as well. Yeah. We have a group out of Chicago called Above Waves that are are. Are amazing. They'll they'll be doing arenas here in no time. No shit. Yeah, man, that's dope to hear. Yeah, they are doing big that's things. Dope to hear. That's awesome. Keeping it moving, keeping it strange. Yeah. Always staying in the mix, man. Staying busy, man. It's your boy Sean Tyler at the Cigar Talk Podcast and the Cigar Lounge. We doing a live on a Thursday Coming night, night man. Live. And y'all y'all yeah. gotta bring me back though with Sean Edwards. Sean is you talking about a crazy so, show? That would be amazing. No, so like seriously, I fuck with yeah, Sean Edwards. That's like, my literally. Dude. I call him. Uh, when I was I was helping uh, Jermaine with some shit, yeah, mm-hmm. he was kicking off his mayoral right. campaign, and I, was, I helped raise Jermaine I, Reed. How about that? They, what? Yeah, Who? Jermaine was like, Jermaine. John Edwards is your cousin. Yeah, oh, so okay. we got Tony hollering out. He, they, we again, yeah. we live in the line. He's that's, like, that's, that's my homie. But Jermaine used to come around the station. And, he used to be and on Generation Rap. Generation Rap when he was yeah. fucking ten years old. Everybody else is in high school. Yeah. So I've known Jermaine forever, and you know, now look at the piece of shit he is. Former Mayor Reed. Oh, What's up? Love you, bro. Nah, nah that's, my, that's my dude. <laughs> he gonna win the mayor. I, I got his back, bro. Yeah, that's my, that's my guy. I but I mean, he's now. always been involved and politically uh, yeah. minded, and since yeah. he was a kid, always. Yeah, it's a big deal. This um, this downtown airport. I mean, what are your thoughts about the city? Like. You know, based obviously you've been well grounded and you you know knowledgeable about a lot of different aspects of what's happening. What are your thoughts about like the future of Kansas City, specifically? You know, for well, us, the future of Kansas City for African Americans, because Kansas City was supposed to be Atlanta, okay. and that growth started in the late '80s. Okay, and the black population was doing a lot of stuff in Kansas City in the late '80s, but whatever happened. They got consumed or overrun, and they stopped. So they're not as progressive as they were back then, which is why a lot of folks from Kansas City now live in Atlanta and Texas and Dallas, Dallas. because they left here because of the, the, the thought process of a lot of African Americans felt like here. it was slower? Or- they, they just... They let they let folks take the steam away from them. When they did, they didn't get back on the train and start moving again. They just mm-hmm. let them steal their joy, and they's like, "Fuck it, I'm not doing anything now." So their mentality is like, "Fuck it." Damn. So what do you think about the uh, future of 18th and Vine with the new funding coming down? We got the it Kansas all, City Urban Youth Baseball. All Academy. of this yeah. means nothing if we don't get involved. They can put fifty billion dollars in 18th Divine, but until we as black people go down there and fight for the legacy of what 18th Divine stood for, 
and recreate that yeah. in a 2018-19 platform, yes. it's going to be the exact same thing. We're going to be run out of there like we were run out of power and light. Those are our tax dollars. We build right. up most of right. Jackson County. Right. So we what are. does that look like? A what, huge portion of what is a, What is your vision of A.G. Divine? What do you see like a... He's saying get us... In, we need I, to be I'll involved. tell you this. Years ago, they had an opportunity when Magic Johnson was here to sit Magic Johnson down and I have know. him invest in those properties. I know. Magic Johnson is one of the only humans, the only human on the planet who has a franchise Starbucks, has franchised TGI Fridays, mm -hmm. has franchised other restaurants. Right. He could have easily put... Uh, uh, anchor chain down there and the thing about his Starbucks restaurants are they cater to the communities that they're in so the pastries and stuff that you see at Starbucks in his in the neighborhood it's it's a uh, 7-up cake it's sweet potato pie it's okay. red velvet stuff I mean it caters to so we had, his audience what happened though because they didn't I talk to him they were so busy trying to get him to do stuff outside of our neighborhood and our people of course allowed them to push us out of the way yeah. and take him someplace else he was so he here was, with Greg Calhoun he was here and, with uh, uh, David Ball. I remember I was yeah. in some meetings I probably shouldn't have been in because I didn't have enough money. Yeah, but I still was in them. But uh, David Ball who owns all the Price Choppers, or yeah. you know that family. And uh, I've seen uh, the Ball name on grocery store. Yeah, yeah, and Greg Calhoun who was like, uh, he's Alabama like grocery store chain. He's like the Price Chopper of that area. He was here. Yeah, and but could you imagine? Could you imagine a Magic Johnson's TGI Friday in that anchor spot where Peachtree used to be on 18th and Vine? Oh, it would go. I would be there every Friday. I used to see you in Ninth Inning all the time. All the time. Too. I was supporting because it was it was a great thing. But so what happened in Ninth Inning? That was kind of like a disappointment. Bad business. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's you, you can have a great idea all day, but if yeah. you have a bad business acumen, it's not going to take off. You was out on AC Divine today. You everywhere, man. You yeah. support. I, 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 I try to. You are one of those you know, people that actually no real shit. I'm not talking shit. You really right. are at these places all the you time. You really are supporting so, these places. But what is it going to take for us to really like collect? Cause you, the first thing you said was that we have to, we have to get involved collectively. We have to get involved. It, it can't be one man thing. And right. for all the older blacks who were in politics in this area and started, um, uh, what is the the movement, the the political organization? Freedom Inc. Freedom Inc. Yep. Uh oh, they got. Uh -oh. They, they got to loosen up his time when you said free no, they, 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 But they got too <laughs> self-involved and became too important for their own good and forgot the cause. There you go. And instead of bringing up young blacks to understand the political process and pass how they the should torch. be involved in passing the torch, yeah. we don't pass the torch. Right. So now they can point fingers and judge like, oh, look at all these little young niggas killing themselves and doing stupid shit. Well, you never took them off the street to show them how to balance a checkbook and take that drug money and turn it over and buy up these fucking empty lots down here and do something with it. Damn, so I was down on 18th and Vine today, and there is a, a white guy. He's opening up a coffee shop down here. Who? Where? Okay. White guy coffee. In your spot. White guy coffee. In your spot. And no, he seems like he's White guy coffee. Yes. But in your spot where you have your cigars and everything, that building oh, is going to be a coffee shop. Yeah. yeah, I used to have a robber's chime. Yeah. I had a little spot. Yeah. Right yeah. I don't know if you ever came by. We called it the Good Life Patio. So, like, yeah. it was a dilapidated property. But, right. Um, William Swoop. Shout out to William Swoop. Yeah, Swoop. What's up, bro? Yeah. Uh, Anthony uh, Crompton. Anthony Crompton. Crompton. You know what's saying? up? They're my people. Shout out. Shout out to them. So they gave me a shot. They were like, man, you can do your thing. And so I did, man. You know, I tried. But it was just like getting the movement behind. It's hard to get people to come behind, down You know what I'm saying? You know. But because years ago. Because of how they're treated. I mean, the price per square foot 
to own a business on 18 and Vine is way more than it is on the plaza. Why? Because they don't want us to be involved it's, in nothing yeah. down there. Yeah. So we yeah. can't it's afford to be down, down there. It's a Absolutely. Process. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm 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 on my optimism shit. I said 2018. I'm and that's Jermaine Reed's district, and all you black entrepreneurs who have an idea and something mm -hmm. to do there are grants available to you where you can get the money to go there and do that stuff and you have to be connected and, and and be in Jermaine's ear about how can we go down there because I tried to get on the 18 divine heritage council okay for years they told me I was too young yeah I could see that I can see that. How old do you have to be? I was fucking 38, 40 at the time. Right. That's too young in this city. That's, But that's what I'm talking about, how they don't pass the torch. Yeah. You can't tell me 40 is too young. They're fucking head football coaches in the NFL who are younger They're, than me. Man, that's real shit. No, it's real. That's real. There are corporations whose CEOs are younger than me. So what are your, what are your thoughts about just young cats out here, you know, 40, whatever, they're saying, look, let's pull our money together and just go start doing shit. But you don't have to pull your money together. Okay. What you need to do is pull your political power together. Oh, okay. Because that's the ballot box is what controls the the attention of, 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 of white America and corporate America and, and the money. This town is still run by old money. Yeah. So that's what freedom means, theoretically. We're supposed to do. But they got comfortable in their positions and saw how they could pad their pockets, and it became, we'll tell you what to vote for. This is what you should vote for. So should we form another political organization? You don't have to form a political organization, freedom. but you can take over freedom, run down there, yeah. and be in the meetings and be in their face, and this is what we want, and this is not what we're going to vote for, and yeah. we can pull our money there because radio ads aren't that expensive, and we can do it on social media. I mean, we right. can, this blog, like, hey, change. Jermaine Reed for mayor. Yeah. could be the movement where we get youth in that position where then we can start like taking over the process of of the political he's awareness ready to go for too. the african-americans in this in this in this city no real talk he's ready to go i was at a meeting where he spoke uh, earlier this week you gotta tell me like i said i've been yeah. doing it since he was 10. no no I'm i know saying, where his head's at yeah exactly no yeah. he's on that shit for real it's not a game like he really like he's like look what do we need to do this is he's got a vision that's beyond like what we've seen historically mm -hmm. and that's why that's why i'm fucking with him like that you know what i'm saying but i i, I agree with you wholeheartedly that it takes our initiative right. to go how to say these are the things that we want to do and i don't i need to as much as we yell at the older group mm -hmm. for not passing the torch we, we need to be accountable it. at the same time we can go we just like those uh picketers did in charlottesville we can go to target and buy some new torches <laughs> And, and march ourselves. <laughs> Fuck your torch. We got new torches. We got tiki torches, bitch. And we just need to, 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 to take over and, and make the movement. It starts with us. That's it does. Yeah. It there starts you go, with us. That's that real talk. I mean, I, I feel like that's that's a message. You know what I'm saying? For I mean, right you're going to tell me you want a billion dollars of taxpayer money, which they claim we're not going to pay for, and build a new airport. If you want me to put money in on a billion dollar airport, put that bitch closer to the city. Yeah. I gotta catch an airplane to the airport. <laughs> yeah, you do. Or at least have some the transportation out there to no, take Sean. you out there. Sean, the airport shit. That's happen. fine. But your street car that runs three fucking blocks, it needs to run somewhere <laughs> that people need to go. There's nothing to see fucking downtown. Oh, that streetcar. That streetcar. Street hey, I get it, but the streetcar goes nowhere. That motherfucker needs to go either all the way to the plaza or it needs to go to the stadiums out. It needs, it needs to go somewhere we're going, to the airport. 
I ain't never said, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to get from 14th and grand to 18th and grand. That has never happened. I can walk that distance. He's working on it. He's stabbed. But this is what I'm saying. Of the the streetcar. This is what I'm saying. They just decided to, you know, make it this. No. That streetcar should have gone from downtown to the sports complex, someplace we need to go. Yeah. Or from downtown to the airport, someplace we need to go. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. This is tourist toys. But, but there's nothing to see between 18th and 14th, is what I'm saying. No, it's a tour. But a tour what? No, I'm going to take, take my tour. Let me tell you He's something. Tour. Let me tell you something. Oh, Those streets you're giving tours of, I was yeah. running when there were businesses down there, when all the haunted houses were actually downtown, when the, when the fucking uh, Penny Arcade was downtown, yeah. when, when City, um, uh, what is it? The uh, town pavilion was popping. I hosted fucking hoop, uh, Casey Hoops down there for years. The River oh, Park. Have you been down to all the River Park yes. lately? I, I shop down there. I eat down there all the time. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. But I, there's, there's no way I can't get from 14th to 10th. 10th, yeah, yeah. I can get there, no problem. I don't need yeah. a streetcar to do it's it. It's not for Sean, you. Sean, you don't understand. East Ave has got his whole tourism hat on right yeah. now. He it loves is, the street but car. that's it's what, a tourist attraction. Let me tell you, who do they call it the toy train? Huh? He called it the toy train. Uh, Tony's case. Tony's oh, yeah. He calls so it the toy listen, train. they have the same thing in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Right, and it does way more. But their train goes somewhere. Yeah. It's a tourist attraction. No, okay. Tour. Oh, you what keep saying, saying that, but there's nothing to see. The it's, River Market, Union Station. But you don't need a train to do that. You can stand exactly. still for 10 minutes and tell them, show them a picture. Put, this, four blocks away from here is where this cute. is. He's I don't need cute. I need practical. He's Especially for all the money we spent on that. Sean is saying, you didn't spend no money on Kansas City is first. The way it was funded was you had to live in the Transportation Tax District. Fuck that. And then, you how do you know that. I don't live in the Transportation Tax District? Exactly, well, bro. Because they utilize the kids. You live downtown? But I don't have to because I can walk those four blocks. He's staff. If He's you staff. live in that tax district, yeah, you do fund it. Do you He's live in tax district? No, no, keep it gangster. They changed the question on the ballot but. and made it a tax district specifically for the transportation cost. It was before just that, like the this, city said Just like no. this one terminal airport that if the airlines don't end up paying full price for it, the onus falls on the taxpayers. There and we'll go. have to pick up the rest of that tab for the billion dollars, which was not listed on the bill when it was, I mean, presented I when it was on the ballot. I on and it's great. It's, okay, East Ave, nobody's arguing with that. We don't give a fuck. He don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's great. It is. He's saying keep Kansas City in first. No, Listen, I'm going to tell you this, Kansas East Ave. Look, first. Elvis was a hero the most, but he never meant shit to me. The sucker was racist as you stayed up and played. Motherfuck him and John Wayne. There you go. Uh-oh. That's how I feel about the That's gangsters. Far. Bars. They never did shit for me in this city. Bars. Just like that train don't do shit for me in this city. If that train went somewhere practical, yeah. I'd go somewhere. The yeah. toy so train. all the white kids that come from Overland Park and Park and City Market and get on the train and hop through KC Power and Light, that's for them. That's for them. That ain't it for is. us. It ain't for us. I never so, said it was for us. And no. by us, I mean Kansas Cityans. Yeah, there you Fuck go. Fuck your Johnson County kids. You yeah. can drive your Lexus those four fucking blocks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. East Ave. It's cute. It's, it's no, nice. fuck that. I don't, we don't, I don't need cute. We need practice. I, need, I don't need cute. I'm with you on that, though. But your tax dollars aren't paying for that, though. What you mean they're not? It's not. It's some you capacity You have to live in that Ave. district. So no, do their no. tax dollars pay for it? The people that live in the district, yes. That's not and fair. And they voted on it. You sound like O.J. Simpson option. right now. Exactly. Hell. Because it was a yes or no question. You kept giving me no. full, full on word answers. Okay. Two plus two is. 
No, okay. Ask the question again. Is there taxpayer money involved in the Casey Wells system? Yeah. Okay. But I asked, is your tax money? Another shot. Yours. Did you live down there? At the time when it passed, I was. I don't now because I moved because of the toy train. But everybody's tax dollars aren't involved in it. I get it. I get it. Man, so that's the it's, point. It's a touchy subject. I get it. Back. Yeah, because he, he got business on Right, and he was just on it with, with his crew for I, Black yeah, History Month. Yeah, yeah, I get I it. Think. Yeah, hey, I get it. It's real shit. It does need to go to at least 18th and mine. I mean, you know. It is. I want it to. It needs to go. But, you, you know, know it's not going to go. It's not. So, see, who was the most compelling what was the most com most compelling interview that you think you've ever done, man? Like in terms of stars, wow. celebrities that came in. Um, who stands out most to you? Like who's somebody you like? I've interviewed a lot know, of people, I know. Um, but I will say one that stands out is Michael McDonald, who used to be a Doobie brother. Okay. okay. Uh, Michael McDonald. I was in Vegas for the Radio Music Awards, and Michael. They had the rooms broken up into genre. There was a country room, there was a rock room, a pop room, and an R&B room. And Michael McDonald was in the pop room, and Michael McDonald found out that KPRS was broadcasting, and he left the pop room and came to the R&B room. Because okay. he's so brother. Yeah. No. Michael McDonald, when he left the Doobie Brothers, because the Doobie Brothers, back in the 70s, the 60s and 70s, it was called race music. So if you were white, it was rock music. If you were black, it was soul music. Period. Hall mm -hmm. of Sarah Smile. Damn. Hall and Oates was considered a rock band. Right. That song was anything but. Right. So the Doobie Brothers had a bunch of soul records, but they were a rock band. So they played some of their stuff on rock radio, but you know, KPRS used to play a lot of the Doobie Brothers yeah, stuff. So when Michael yeah. McDonald left the Doobie Brothers, his sound was so soulful, and the record company didn't know what to do with him. Because mm -hmm. they wanted him to be a rock act, but his yeah. song was so soulful, that they were about to drop it from the label because they didn't know what to do with the song. Chris King heard it mm -hmm. and played it. Yeah. And it became a huge hit. It left from here, went to Chicago, from Chicago to Denver, from Denver to Atlanta, from Atlanta to Dallas, to Dallas to New York, New York to LA. And it became a huge hit. And it broke Michael McDonald. Yeah. And yeah. it created a big hit for him. And he was thankful to Chris King. So when he heard we were over there, he came to us. It was like, hey. I'm Michael McDonald. I just want to say thank you for what you guys done, did for my career. And he told me the story. That's so I ended up interviewing Michael McDonald, talking about this. And you know, for for somebody who's been in the business almost 50 years, uh -huh. and he, he's paying homage to Chris King at this radio station. Right. And I was like, wow. So at the end of it, he's like, you know, hey, thank you for allowing me to be on here. It's like, dude, you're fucking Michael McDonald. There right. you go. So the next day, I'm walking through the casino, and I hear somebody go, Sean, Sean, Sean. Sean's a common name. I don't turn around. He goes, Sean Tyler. I turn around. It's Michael McDonald. And Michael McDonald comes up and goes, hey, I just want to let you know once again, I really appreciate you taking your time out to interview me. Uh, it means a lot to me. And I just want to say thank you again. I was like, so you know, but he recognizes. But that. his humility is is amazing, and R and B acts and hip hop acts don't do that for their audience. Every year, country artists go down to Nashville and they have this big fan fest where they meet and greet their fans, no charge. They perform for them. They sign autographs. They take pictures. I'm a huge fan of James Taylor. I've seen him a million times. Yeah. When he he performs for three hours. In a fucking button-down shirt, some jeans, and his guitar, and he's going in. Right. Yeah. He'll take an intermission, 
And when he comes out, he works one stage all the way to the other side of autographs, taking pictures, doing all that. And no yeah. matter how long it takes, he yeah. goes from one end to the other. And if his band comes out and they're ready to go, he tells them, just play something. I'm almost done. And yeah. he continues to do that. Mm -hmm. Can't name one R&B actor that's ever done that. Nah. They don't. You can't reach them. You can't talk to them. You can't touch them. Nah, and then they charge you $50 to be in the same space in them at a club. And they're in VIP, and they're not even down where you are. Exactly, yeah. But they don't respect but that we that create that lifestyle. I see a lot of that with Strange, though. Like, I see how, bro, Tech. Yeah. I mean. Because our, our, our label fans. was built by the fans. Yeah. It's yeah. for the fans of the fans. Yeah. And we're never going to take that for granted. Yeah. That's dope, man. Every, yeah, artist, every, every artist on our label does a meet and greet before the show. Yeah, I mean, that's just... I mean, that's, with the that's just yeah. that's the difference, I think. Yeah, and that's why y'all been so successful, man. I, I'm for me at least, yeah. you know, looking from outside looking in, I feel like that's just what it but is. But I say that Connected. story to say that our people have this problem of entitlement when they get some money. Yeah. Or they get some fame. Yeah. You can't touch me. You can't talk to me. How dare you think you can just walk up and shake my hand or take a picture with me? Who the fuck are you? Why right. is it? Though? I have no idea. But that goes back to why we can't have anything here in that's Kansas City. That's not everybody, though. I mean, it's just that's the that's a large portion. But I don't. I it's too large. That. It's too many. It's too large. It's too much. It's and too much that much. that needs to change in order for us as a people to do something. It hasn't been. We're not fifty years removed from slavery. Right. Or just 50 years removed from the idea of slavery in this country where you had Jim Crow and you couldn't live in certain parts of town or do certain things because of the color of your skin. Yeah. Not 50 years removed. Yeah. And here you have um, the Migos and these other artists on TV showing their ass and just acting complete assholes at every turn when their grandparents probably couldn't even afford a TV because right. they weren't allowed to work in certain places or live in certain places. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. So we have to take on the mentality of getting back and building our strength as if we want to be a part of this nation and be considered Americans, or do we want to separate ourselves and be African-Americans and be treated different? Right. So and I'm have still it both suffering ways. from the psychological impact of slavery. And I don't think it's psychological because um, I wasn't raised by my dad. But that wasn't going to stop me from being the best fucking father I could be to my kids. Right. It's as simple as well, you walking down this path, you know what's right, right. you know what's wrong. But yeah. could you be an isolated case? No. So you are. So speaking no, of our kids, I mean, we, you could be an isolated no, case. No, hold on. But, I mean, but that's that's. I'm talking about that's the masses. That's no, we, we talking about our son. I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on this real quick because we. You know, before we started the podcast, you asked me about how my little man was doing, and yeah. um, so you sent your son to Europe, did you? Did you he not? went. To, he's gone to. Um, he went to a private school. My okay. kids are probably educated. So his okay. junior year, uh, he was out of the country. He went to uh, okay. Ireland. Okay. Yeah. Did he meet up with some of your folks? With, with with our folks in Ireland? That's Black dope. people in Ireland. Wow. Yeah. And, and Ireland is pretty. It's still a pretty racist country. Uh huh. But we know who they are. They know who we are. So what? Well, open what arms. It is. We here. Yeah. Yeah, we wow. here. We gonna embrace it. So talk about a little bit about like uh, we had uh, Demetrius Joyner on our last episode, and we talked about DJ Fresh and uh, you know just his history. DJ Fresh, who actually started DJing in my grandmother's basement. What? That was his first gig. 
Where? What man? My, my cousin's party, my grandmother's so basement. DJ Fresh's name is on my grandmother's wall right now, and he'll he'll, he'll tell you this story because we we grew up in the same church and went to the same school. Our families are like this. What? Yeah. So okay. he started DJing in my grandmother's basement. So is your family from Kansas City? Born and raised. Most of okay. them. Okay. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know it was that. I knew y'all were close. Yeah. But I know it was no, like no, that. no. That's that's fair. <laughs> that's that is fair. I should have yeah. knew that shit. But yeah. But like um. Y'all were talking about like uh, the Red Barn and yeah. so many different yeah. places. You get booked a lot. Yeah. And people want you to MC shit. Like, mm-hmm. tell us, walk us through kind of like how that, what that experience was like initially and like what are some of the wildest um, shows or things that you've been booked oh, for geez. that you like to uh, <laughs> that you can go into? Uh, <laughs> man, wildest things that I've been booked for. Yeah. Whew. I don't no, know. That's a that's a pretty big question. Yeah, because I mean I'm I don't um I mean just by working still get books, she goes I, I have been I have been booked to do something that I thought was a big event, but it was just this girl's attempt to get me alone. Oh. So there really was no event. It was just her. Shit, I'm trying to get booked tonight. Who can yeah, do, so it was just her. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to do this event and there was no event. That's dope though. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I could have got some, I'm sure, but oh. instead, I, you know, I got $200 for doing nothing. What's up? What's up with Artizzle? Artizzle right in the building. What's up, bro? What's up with you? Yeah. Artizzle just popped in the building. So it's crazy. So she go paid back to money. Teenage. Yeah. She paid money for you to come. Absolutely. That's dope. Absolutely. Well, like, I mean, called the station, got my information to book me. Uh-huh. It's like, hey, I need you to host this event. Yada yada. I was like, oh, what is it? You know, she goes, oh, it's just, it's um, it's girls club. Some some some. We she just had, need somebody to MC and just kind of control the floor of the room. I was like, all right. And, you, to her. and it was she just took, her. She shot her shot, bro. It's just her. She shot her yeah. shot, bro. I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that, man. But that ain't too bad, though. I mean, no, no. It could have been worse, definitely. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, it could have been all bad if I was that guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I could be been, been charged on charges in the Me Too movement. <laughs> So What's your thoughts about Quincy's shit, man? He just dropped. He just spilled all the fucking tea today. Quincy is eighty-five years old, and the fact that all of the stories were corroborated and they're true. Because hey, you ask him, he told you. <laughs> he stabbed. You know what he's talking about? Yeah, Quincy Jones. He just went on a rant and just told. It, it wasn't a rant. It wasn't a rant. He got an interview. It wasn't a rant. It was. It was like Quincy sitting here with y'all. Like so, Quincy. I heard Marvin Gaye. Was was fucking Marlon Brando? Oh yeah, Marvin and, and uh, uh, who else did he say? Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor man. Like quite a few of them was he fucking. Yeah. Every, I'm like, yeah. damn. And what he did he say about he Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson. He, Michael said, Jackson. he said Michael Jackson stole uh, some music from Donna Summer. Billy Jean. Billy yeah. Jean. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. he was a uh, Machiavellian. He was. Uh, and but anybody will tell you Michael was a shrewd business dude. If he wanted it, he got it. I respect. Bottom line. I respect. Well, so, I respect. We were going to be talking about J.C. Nichols. Yeah, so listen, let's do this. We're going uh, we're gonna to take a quick break. I'm going to freshen up. Give me another little bit of uh, uh, 1738. This, I don't know, man. This uh, Quesada, I was expecting a little bit more halfway through. It's still burning. Cool. I, I keep having to relight, uh, but it's still going down pretty good. We got Sean Tyler, the guru, radio personality, <laughs> man. I can't wait to get to Quincy Jones. They just start talking shit on everybody. Oh, hell That's yeah, hell yeah. Spill some motherfucking tea. Like Quincy said, "Fuck it." I'm gonna throw RT under a bus. RT just, got his Now we got some stories though, we, but we, I ain't uh, not enough for this. This ain't, this ain't the place. You know, we on the Cigar Talk podcast, man. East staff, Sean Tyler in the building. We'll take a quick break. Y'all hear us right back here in just one second. 
Cigar Talk Podcast. You're back in the building with your boy Cobain and E-Stab with our special guest, Sean Tyler in the building. What's cracking? What's going on? Um, I was, uh, there's some clubs in this town and we used to have a bunch of clubs. Yeah. But now it's like a club consortium that's run by the Shelby. So shout out to the Shelby's. <laughs> a monopoly. Right. Who had me broadcasting in clubs when I was 18. For real? Wow. Yeah. So, but once he found out how old I was, you know, he made me sit at the bar. Oh, was that the Epicurean? No, no, no. It was Body Works. Okay. Okay. Body Works. The one that was on 84. Yeah. Okay. Because they had Body Works, they had um, the Epicurean. And now they have the Juke House. Right. And he had used to own some sports clothing stores and a bunch of other stuff. And he's got properties everywhere. But when he found out I was 18, because I used to do a Friday night happy hour broadcast from Body Works every Friday mm-hmm. from 5 to 7. So when he found out I wasn't old enough, he would make me sit at the end of the bar and keep his eye on me so I wasn't yeah. drinking or anything. But um, one of the coolest stories about Benny and Calvin that I have to respect and everybody has to respect is their rules apply to everybody. No matter who you are. Yeah, because, I mean, I used to run with Derek Thomas and Neil Smith and, and Andre Risen and all these cats. But the whenever, heyday of the Chiefs. Wherever we went, once we got to Body Works, if they weren't dressed, they weren't coming in. Damn. They don't care how much money you got. No matter you, who you, you are. You're turning around. So Brian McKnight had performed and signed autographs for every person in the club. So Brian was there for like five, six hours. So he's like, well, I'm going to go change and I'm going to come back. So Brian left, came back, and he had no tennis shoes. So he set the door. And they wouldn't let him in. So they called. It's like, bro, he won't let me in. So Benny's at the door. He goes, yeah, um, you, you can't get in in them tennis shoes. So Brian was like, I was just here. Oh, I know who you are, nigga. But we have a rule. You can't get in in them tennis shoes. So Brian went back to the hotel. And changed. Changed shoes and came back. Because he respected that. Because right. it was a safety thing. Right, right. And, you know, all these clubs used to hear shootings and shit going on inside. You, you ain't not at their shit. spots. No, uh, Andrea. Shout out to Andrea Shelby, too. Yeah. She uh, she was recently interviewed. And she did an editorial yeah. about like how they've been able to succeed. But to this day, whenever I see Brian McKnight, he's like, bro, is that club still open? I was like, yes. It he goes, still is. because they won't to, let you in. You know, you go to Body Works. not coming in. Every you ain't coming in on that yeah. For 10 years. I'm going in there. And they are still going to ask you for your ID. I was there every Friday broadcasting live, and I got frisk every Friday coming yeah. in there. It's, yeah. a, it's a protocol. Yeah, yeah. they're consistent. It's a they system. Are. Yeah. And that's what we need to do more. I think, I, I think they just, I think so they just stopped frisking me last year. <laughs> 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 but the rules apply to everybody. Yeah, you got to respect up. that, which yeah, is why do. they still doing what they do. Damn, man. That's what's up. Well, listen, I, you know what? You got a lot of game, bro. You've been having a lot of game, man. You know what I'm saying? And I appreciate you. You know, remember we sat out on Text Patio and yeah. just talked about music for Absolutely. like three hours? Music is my thing. I love it. You think, with Prince, how did that happen? Because I know you're a huge Prince fan. Uh, and the weird thing about that was um, I just happened to be at the radio station when all that was going down. So it was a bunch of chaos on who it was that had passed away in the elevator. And rumors were flying around that it was Prince. So, so um, I just happened to be there at the studio that day, and the speculation was that it was Prince, but nobody was giving confirmation. So I called some of my people at Paisley Park, and it was like, yeah, bro, that's him. We got to go. Damn. And I the phone. So I went on the air and, and broke that it was it was Prince that was finding the elevator before TMZ. Man. And I know you're a huge fan of him. Yeah. But yeah. Music in general, though, man. It's like your ear, your connection, everything, man. It's like, you know, the energy that you have, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's a good, it's, it's great for Kansas City. You, know? yeah. you think I about it, you look at like, the landscape of yeah. Kansas City and our people, 
and a voice for our people you've always been there, man. So I, I'm appreciative to be able to say that to you in person, man, that it's great, you know, that you're here and you've been able to contribute so much. And when he's in town, talking about Prince again, when he's in town, he comes to the Mutual Musicians Foundation. Yeah, his band, the last time Prince was here, came in two days early so they could play down on 18 Divine because they were like, how can we call ourselves musicians and be in Kansas City and right. not play down here on this hollowed ground? Right. All musicians are like that. Matter of fact, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, he's got a Harry Connick Jr. He called and uh, booked his own dates at the the gym theater okay. and played in the Blue Room because he's like, I can't continue to call myself a jazz musician and not be in Kansas City playing these venues. Right. He called and booked them himself. Down on 18th and Vine. Yes, no agent. I heard about that. Yeah. I heard about and, that. And played two days. Yeah. So, and then I, I got one more question related to Mint Condition because I'm a Mint head. Right. I, they're my favorite bands. Yep. I, I've never missed a Mint Condition show. What were your, like, Stokely doing his own thing right now? I know it's kind of late in the game, but, like, what were your thoughts about that? Is there Was there controversy with them? No, and, and they didn't break up. And okay. it, it's inevitable that Stokely was going to do his own thing because, I mean, when you hear Mint Condition, you hear Stokely. Right. That's like, true. you probably, if you don't know Mint Condition, you'd probably be pressed to name anybody else in the band. I am. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, they have their sound, but it's the Minneapolis sound. And when Stokely's with them, it's Mint Condition. And when Stokely's without them, they're still Mint Condition, and Stokely's still Stokely, but Stokely's Mint Condition at the same time. Yeah, and y'all good friends. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with uh, Low Key as well. And, and Low Key is actually in the studio. Uh, working on new material right now, what? and uh, I'm the unofficial six member, so I'll be performing with him. Oh, and we have okay. like uh, some shows booked in London. Uh, we're going on tour with um, Kelly Price and okay. doing some stuff this summer. So uh, look Kelly. out for Low Key. It's coming. Oh, oh man, man that would be dope. awesome. So anything else we need to look out for? I mean, I know Tech's coming out. What else What else should we be looking out for? Uh, Anthony Saunders, who's one of the dopest local producers and performers around here, is actually a member of Low Key now, and he's... Uh, a part of the writing and producing process for this new project. So the sound's going to be authentic Kansas City, so look for some more two-step bangers. It's so about I to have happen. a question. Oh, so yes. there was a drummer that worked with, before there was Low Key, have you heard of the Grand Jury Band? Of course, I performed with Grand Jury. We're from the same high school. Did we you know the same Lowe stage. Lowe? Of course. Everybody yeah. knows Low. Okay, yeah. So he's like his father, my father, like best friend. Oh, wow, okay. So he's like six years older than me. Yeah. And so I would go to his home, to his house. He stayed and shared on the stage. Yeah. And he yeah. played the drum. He had the drums. Right. Yeah. So I haven't seen Mark talk to Mark in a long time. Matter of fact, the last time that the guys were here in the summertime, uh, all the grand jury members came and it was like a big reunion and everybody played together. Oh, was he? He came. Oh, Max, everybody was there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I haven't seen Mark in yeah. a long time. So so dope, man. So dope to have you down here, bro. I'm really, again, I'm Happy really back. grateful, Happy man. Back. I'm really grateful, man. Yeah, we're so going to have, have give everybody a shout-out. Yes. And you know I was on your head, too. I told yeah. OG Muggs. Uh, <laughs> About those Cuban cigars yeah, from, from Travis. Because Travis, yeah. Travis told me last time I was at Texas, I was yeah. like, you can come get all of them. I'm done smoking. Yeah. Travis looked like he slimmed down. He he's he's like super this. slim. He looked like he's ready for straight yeah, music modeling or some he shit. He called me fat boy now all the time, so he's looking at me like, you next. Hey, so what kind of tobacco was you smoking? That was the Bat Masterson. Okay, he did say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. man, huge honor. And I'm really oh, grateful, dude. man, to have you down here. I appreciate you doing this. Oh, bro, you know, whatever you need, you call keep, me. Give me a Keep it kicking, bro. But we, uh, you know, we here, you know, we kicking it. Yeah. East Staff's in the building. East Staff always has somebody on his mind. And this particular week, he had JC Nichols. Mr. JC Nichols on his mind. So we're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to uh, let East Staff do his thing when it comes to JC Nichols. Shout out to Big Scoop.
Big Scooby, OG Mugs, Trav, yeah. Tech Nine, man, all that. The whole Strange Music team. Right back after this. Cigar Talk Podcast. Coming at you live. Back in the building. It's a Thursday night, man. It's lit in here. So I need y'all to, you know, understand the situation. You in uh, sacred ground almost, so to speak, man. This is the Gentleman's Huddle, also known as the Bat Cave, also known as the Underspot. Authentic Man Cave. You know what I'm saying? It's some, some low key shit, and you gotta have membership to be part of the situation. And so members are here utilizing a membership tonight, uh, this Thursday. We uh, chopping it up with the homie Sean Tyler, and uh, I got a little 1738 working with my Casada. Okay. 70th anniversary Dominican rap uh, torpedo that I'm smoking on. Tobacco torpedo been for about a year. Yeah, okay. that's just the, the shape that it's in. Anyway, so yeah, we doing it big, man. East Side. We are right here on <coughs> Truce. Location. Yeah, we are. Right here. We're on the, the, the racial divide line. Being that it is uh, Black History Month. Yes, it is. The kickoff. So it's been kicked off for me pretty good. So I had a pretty big yeah. tour downtown uh, this past Saturday, February 3rd. Yeah, Shout man. out to Suburban Balance and all the support. But the city has definitely, definitely supported me, uh, supported. The Kansas City Tour Company. Yeah. And we are definitely, definitely embracing, starting to embrace our history. And there's so much to learn from it. It is. Right here in the middle of America. That's right. And so uh, our topic today is uh, the Country Club Plaza, and one of, which is one of the developments of J.C. Nichols and its connection to black history. Now, the Country Club Plaza was actually established in 1920. It was the first retail shopping district accessible by automobile in the nation. Okay. Oh. And it was also part of the first master plan community. Okay. The reason it was a master planning community is because for the first time you have retail property situated right in the middle of residential property so that retail property owners could take advantage of the purchasing power of the residential property owners in the vicinity so the country club district uh its first uh development or the first subdivision that was created by jc nichols was actually uh crestwood mm-hmm. and so uh, how did it come to, how did it come to a point where we even got the city like walk us through the process of the of the development of the city from what we knew as and understood that black people couldn't go past 27th Street for a long period of time. So a little bit of that knowledge around our, the way our city was developed. So we can so understand right after the, Civil War, the Country Club Plaza. Right, right after the Civil War, blacks and whites actually lived together uh, right up until Plessy versus Ferguson in 1896, mm-hmm. which was a separate but equal. Okay. And then you have, uh, for the first time, you have lines being drawn. Uh, it was, as an example, uh, there were some teachers that lived outside the boundaries that were set up, and they were strongly encouraged, even by the district, to move back mm-hmm. within those boundaries that were set up. There were some teachers with the Kansas City, Missouri School District. Some blacks that actually, some of the first blacks that bought homes beyond. 22nd Street, like on 24th and Mongol, their homes were actually dynamite. Blown up. Smithereens. Damn. 
Yes. That's real race. Right. And this was going on all the way up until the 1950s. It's so, up. <clears throat> so there was only one high school for blacks. Most importantly, at one point in time, there were no hospitals for blacks. So J.C. Nichols had this concept, though. So J.C. Nichols comes on a little bit later. But I'm just giving you the background yeah. as to how the city was situated, how it was organized, and the spatial development of the city during that time prior to J.C. Nichols. J.C. Nichols doesn't come around to the 1920s, okay? But before that, you have the separation was there. So J.C. Nichols, he didn't start restrictive covenants or anything like that, but he was the first person to use neighborhood associations to enforce restrictive covenants, okay? Is any of that going on right now that you know of? With all of the gentrification or the threat of gentrification. Yes. I mean, it's still going on today, but it's through, just... Through the neighborhood association. Not, well, it's done subtly. So, like, say, for instance, Brookside, for instance, okay? So a home will go up for sale doesn't have to go on a public market for it to be for sale, okay? Wow. It, could, it could go on the market privately. So you can say, hey, well, I just want to select few people to know that this home is for sale. And so that's the market right there. So it's done subtly. But, you know, even if you were to go uh, three blocks to the east, for instance, um, and you was to get the original deed of a home block on 55th in Euclid, it would have a restrictive covenant in that deed that says that this property is to not be sold to a Negro. Wow. So it's just the enforcement of that. Are those documents, I'm sure those documents still exist somewhere, right? Like we, we, we can Google or find Like I said, the, the original deed. Yeah. Yeah, so. You can't sell to a black person, period. Right. In the deed. A Negro In black origin. and white. Right. Wow. Right. And so even after <clears throat> Brown versus Board of Education, the Kansas Missouri School District, perpetuated those lines by redrawing the district to keep certain schools white and certain schools black. So that's how they perpetuated segregation even after Brown versus Board of Education. We are still, uh, I would guess, we're still experiencing uh, the impact of the decisions that were made back then to right. this day. Right, 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 right. Yeah, okay. So, but as far as uh, J.C. Nichols is concerned, um, the Country Club Plaza was modeled after Moorish Spain, okay? And the Moors were black. They ruled Spain for over uh, 700 years up until the time of Christopher Columbus. And they had bathhouses, they had colleges, libraries, universities. Uh, they were bathing, they had lights up and down the streets. The roads were paved. So while the rest of Europe was in the Dark Ages, Spain was illuminated because of the presence of the Moors. And they were there for, like I said, over 700 years, up until the time of Christopher Columbus, and they were kicked out. Well, J.C. Nichols was on, as a student at Harvard University, he's on sabbatical, and he went to Cordoba, Spain. And so he saw the uh, architecture there, so he came back to Kansas City, and the plaza was modeled after the architecture of Moore, Spain. So that Tower of Geralda, as you go into the Country Club Plaza, from the east, 
if you yeah. were to, to go come into the country club plaza from uh, I do every day from truce yeah okay as you go coming from truce as you go across Maine that huge tower is the Tower of Geraldo and that uh, that centerpiece in the middle of the intersection yeah so if you were to go to Seville Spain okay you would see that centerpiece that's in the middle of the intersection and the Tower of Gerard, right there. Wow. You can pull it up right now yeah. on the internet. I'm going to look for one. I'm going to look for her. So, but all of that pretty much was due to the presence of the Moors. Now, the Country Club Plaza being part of that development, uh, the Country Club District, uh, it was segregated. So blacks weren't allowed in that area except in the event that they were working the role as a servant, okay? And what's interesting, though, there is one black business in the Country Club Plaza. Where? Who? Oh, so you know where Starbucks yeah. is? Okay, so right next to it is uh, Shushan Parlor. That's black-owned. Now, did he pass away recently? And he just passed away recently. Yeah, yeah. okay, I thought yeah. I saw that. Okay. Yeah, and he... So we had one business, which was a shoe shine business. Right. And that was an original business. Like that was always a shoe shine place, or he had been there for sixty years. Wow. So I don't know what that building was before he moved in, but the Country Club Plaza was established in nineteen twenty one. Nineteen twenty one. Okay. Right. Wow. Okay. So it'll be celebrating one hundred years. Centennial. Yes, coming up soon in the next two years. It was interesting. Uh, how is a, how important is J.C. Nichols so hold on, let me to finish. the development of our city? <clears throat> He's very important. But as far as the black community is concerned, uh, as far as our youth, and <clears throat> our youth have forever, on Saturday nights, they look for some place to go, and they have always looked at the Country Club Pass. I, Why is that? I, I don't know. We did it. You know, yeah. when I was 18, 18 years old, we used to go down to the Country Club Plaza. Yeah, to I Seville remember riding Square. a bus up there, too. And so, it was always a hangout. Westport as well. But uh, we don't understand that what makes up the plaza, the architecture and everything, is basically was inspired by our ancestors. And we don't have that connection. That's so... That's so it's dope, but at the same time, it's painful. Yeah. The reality and, of it. And that. it kind of goes back to the uh, exploitation of our genes as African Americans, you know, and the knowledge that was hid from us. Okay. And that is just coming out because we're now, you know, I make a big deal about us being on the world, world wide web, it's international and everything, but it's the age of information. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So that's why this information is coming out. And we now have access to it, but we still need to know where to go for that information. So there's documentaries like Hidden Colors. Yeah. Shout out to Tariq Nasheed. Yeah. That showcase our history. And so getting getting to, back to J.C. Nichols. He's a student at Harvard on sabbatical. And he comes to Spain. Go to Spain. And he's inspired. He's inspired in Spain. Right. Comes back. Does he have natural like family ties to Kansas City or like? J.C. Nichols is from Olathe. Okay, yeah. Olathe, Kansas. Yeah, his father was a farmer. J.C. Nichols grew up, you know, selling. He would come downtown and sell milk. Wow. Yeah, he sold bottles. He, he hustled. 
He was awesome. Yeah. But he also hated black people. Well, he didn't want black people in this development. Okay. So the thought was is that black people coming to the area, and it's not J.C. Nichols. That's just the thought at that time. Okay. So I can't say that J.C. Nichols, he created this concept of racism. Or but there are like no that. other black businesses, black businesses in the Country Club Plaza still to this day, other than the shoe shop shop. And that's based on affordability. Whether or not it's white businesses that set up shop in the Country Club Plaza and they leave because they can't afford it. It just is what it is. It's it is what it is, yes. Do you remember the HS Sports Bar? Yeah. Okay. So My they son left. used to love that place. Yeah, they had I did too. Video right. games yeah. and the so so and they the left. Booths. And I heard the reason they left is because the rent was, was like down. yeah, but the rent was like over thirty thousand dollars a month. Wow. I didn't know that shit. Yeah. So that's why they left. It's and Cooper's Hawk now. I need to go. It there just says it's a correction. Uh, JC Nichols' his first development. Sometimes I get it mixed up, but I think it's Crest View, and I might have said Crest Ridge. But the development is right near UMKC. And so when J.C. Nichols died in 1950, right, his son, Miller Nichols, UMKC's library is named after him, okay, they began buying property around UMKC to create a buffer to, between the black community and UMKC. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I think that it's amazing to me that the energy around the plaza for all these years still, to me, hasn't really changed. I mean, the city of Kansas City still puts in their budget a certain amount for police officers to be on site, to be able to handle and wrangle in and do what they do. And they when say black, black teenagers come over there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so it is what it is, really. You know, uh, you know, I teach school, and a lot of my students I see on the Country Club Plaza, you know, on Saturdays. And so uh, one Saturday, I was actually uh, down on the Country Club Plaza. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, he does security down there. So we were talking and everything. He was talking about the kids, the black kids particularly, that come down there and they get dropped off. Because it's always been an issue for decades. But it's not an issue in Overland Park. Right. It's not an issue in Oak, at Oak Park Mall or any other. Right. other. I mean, why is it an issue? Well, is it because these black kids don't have money to spend down here? or well, that's I mean, what's the it. real issue? Well, <clears throat> what Beyond shooting and violence and fights and bullshit, I'm saying... But those that's are probably, issues, That's probably one bullets or two bad fighties. apples. Yeah, bullets and fighties are issues. Yes, so, they are. I'm not saying they're not. I'm so saying make one or two... But one the two. issue is that, that we were talking about specifically is that the kids come down to the stores like H&M, Apple, uh, Forever 21, and they steal. Okay. See, what, I don't know about that. And so... I don't know... I haven't, I'm just... You've never seen that. No, what I see is, and what I hear is that there's an outcry because there's just a number of black kids congregated in one place. And, I, and this gets to me to the point about unity and like how for, for some reason, be, a bunch of black people in one place at one time, everybody gets fucking nervous. But let me finish saying. Why? So he was saying that the kids are coming down there still and they have them on videotape. And they allow the kids to come in and steal three or four times. So they're building up a case, okay? 
And so they let the kids steal and get away. And the kid thinks, well, hey, I just got away. They down there. It's easy to go down there and steal at H&M or Forever 21. And they're just sitting back watching, building up a case. And so I was like, oh, wow, he was telling me these things. So as we were down there, some policemen showed up, and they had to see the paper. And they said, we're looking for these kids down on the plaza, okay? And they were all black kids. And these pictures were like clear, crystal clear. They looked as if they were. Here's my problem, Easter. Hold on, let me finish. Uh, okay. And so all right. then <clears throat> I was down there, as I said, and so I looked at the the picture because you know, like I said, I teach in Kansas City in the community, and so I was looking to see if I knew any of the kids. Now I didn't know any, which was good, but. A couple of weeks, a couple of minutes went by, and some kids walked by, and I recognized them that they were actually on that sheet of paper that I just got to looking at. So that was pretty eerie to me. Yeah. And I mean, so, and, my and issue, no, it the, is. And, and, and I don't, pen, I don't. Pen, the guys, the young man, his pants was pulled down. Yeah, see, I don't, I mean, I'm just saying. I don't condone any of that. Here's what I'm saying is that they have the time and the resources to build a case but they don't have the time and the resources to build alternative options and to say, okay, we're going to make this place welcoming. We're going to we're going to find ways to engage. Whose responsibility you. is that? I'm not saying this. I'm not saying it's the city's responsibility. I'm not saying. I'm saying at the end of the day, we know this place has been divisive, and for black people subconsciously, if we haven't been able to participate economically and in the systems that we've been kept out of, then we're going to have some level of of resentment towards those systems. So we're going to act out against those systems because historically, based on J. C. Nichols, what we just found out about him was that it was written into contractual law when it came to deeds of properties where colored people were not allowed to have access and to me that's the root of the problem we're treating a problem without thinking about a cure and to me the cure deals with the fact that why are you putting this type of legislation together to begin with to me to me I, again i don't condone violence i don't condone stealing i don't condone any of those well I'm those saying, are symptoms you know I'm, I'm not gonna sit up here and and act like something isn't happening. I mean, me and my wife were down there for our anniversary. All of a sudden, we were gunshots, and then there's then there's yellow tape. So I mean, it's gunshots all over the city, though. Well, yeah, but it's gunshots down there, and it's yellow tape, and people yeah. need to be protected. So but we, but we what get, are we supposed to do when we get up in the arms when it's gunshots on the plaza? You know what I'm saying? That's the problem. You out of here, AV? Yeah, AV gonna be on our next episode, man. Okay. We're be fortunate to have him. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying. You know, he's in the fashion, he's design, fashion. Okay, yeah, interior design, all that, yeah, man. So we looking forward to that. He slid by tonight, man. Appreciate you stopping through, bro. Yeah, but, I mean, so whose fault is that that people down there shoot? I mean. Yeah, I mean, we can go back and forth. I mean, kids are down there stealing. I mean, yeah. whose fault is that? So J.C. Nichols, to, for our listeners, solidify his role as a real estate guru. What? How would you? How would you? I mean, frame I mean he's. I mean, he helped to perpetuate the East-West Truth divide, along with the Kansas City, Missouri School District. Wow, never knew that. Never knew that. 
yeah, along with the Kansas City Missouri School District, because after Brown versus Board of Education, after Brown versus Board of Education in 1954, the district redrew the lines to keep Southwest white, mm-hmm. Sweeney white, certain right. schools white. Right. And so that's what it was, no doubt about it. And then for so from 1969 to 1989. No additional funding was provided to the Kansas City, Missouri School District to maintain schools within the district. Just didn't so, happen. as a result, you have windows falling out the panes, you have urine infested hallways, you have rodents just like ruling the school. You know, so. It just was that deal. Yeah. So, you know, it got so bad that, you know, it got federal attention. And they looked at Kansas City and they said 30 years after segregation, 30 years after Brown versus Board of Education, Kansas City is still segregated within the Kansas City, Missouri School District. So that's when you have the, the movement for the magnet schools and, you know, the school district getting billions of dollars to attract white students to the Kansas City, Missouri School District to increase or raise the test scores. Right, right. What's up, bro? What's up, man? Right, I just keep, are you following me or something? Yeah, yeah man. It's getting litty in here, man. Thursday night, we, we were pretty ambitious to try to get a show done on a Thursday night here right. in Cigar Lounge. You know what's turned up, so I'm really happy, though, man. I feel like you got big plans for Valentine's Day. I know you... Uh... Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, we're going to probably go... Looks like we're going to the Farmer's Ball. A ball? Farmer's Ball. They do it every year. It's a fundraiser. Okay. Okay. Over in Kansas City, Kansas, we're crossing the river. Oh, shit. East that. Hang out in Wadah County all the no, time. No, we just every got to talking about black you know. people coming together. <laughs> you got something against KCK now. <laughs> nah, you can't have it both ways. Nah, I can't. I can't, man. But, it's, you know, it's been a hell of a week. I'm looking forward to a good weekend myself, man. We uh we're gonna finish turning it up a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, this, we got the uh, Boston Celtics playing. Yeah, I got this Quesada, man. It's actually a pretty good stick. I don't appreciate having to relight so many different times. Right. But uh it's still a great cigar. Yeah, I mean I would give last it week. I mean out of out of five lighters we again we uh thank Michelle Wiley for oh, helping was that us. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I don't know. I think that was episode three. Yeah, she so, gave us a, a scale. So stay and, tuned. I, I feel like this is about a four out of a five when it comes to flavor, uh, medium to mild build. I mean, it's got the Dominican wrapper. I'm in, I'm appreciating, so I still got about a fourth yeah. of it left. I'm gonna get into it. Give me another shot of 17. East Ave is going. Yeah, you know, so stay hang tuned. Out a little bit more. This is episode five. Yeah, five man. With yeah. Sean Tyler too, man. Shout out to Sean Tyler for stopping through the spot, man. Blessing us. Right. With a lot of info, he spilled a little tea too. Yeah, and I think this. I guy, had no he, idea that he had performed on the Apollo. Yeah, man, he gave us a lot Twice. of game, man. Shit, he, he let us know about the whole situation with KPRS, man. I didn't know that shit either. Yeah, I didn't know he got. But fired. he's with the number one independent rap label, label period in the game with Strange right. Music. They doing big time business, man. Getting it in and uh, mad love to him, man. And we we just gonna keep building on what we doing. Uh, remember. Uh, if you're interested in some brand partnerships, talk cigars at gmail.com is a way to get a hold of me or East Ave. 
Um, and uh, we got the uh, we got, we got tours coming up. We got a tour coming up, and we're going to be doing something at the uh, Mutual Musician Foundation. Yeah. And they were talking about they think hosting your party there is a good idea. February twenty fourth. Okay. Yeah, okay. About so that. my birthday's coming up this month too. Yeah. So we're going to be and, doing something real yeah. big. It's going to be called Bebop and Beyond. Oh, so yeah. a little bit about the Musician Foundation. They're celebrating one hundred years. Uh, in 2017, it's actually where Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie met for the first time. We got to put that out there. People need to know this. Yeah. And I was putting out the stuff about Big Joe Turner too. Big yeah. Joe Turner was the godfather of blues. Yeah, he's, a, he's the godfather of rock and roll. Rock Without and roll blues. Big Joe Turner. Big Joe Turner. There is no rock and roll. He sang. Shake, rattle, and roll. Yeah, man. Yeah. Shake, and we color that. So that subject, J.C. Nichols. Felix Payne. I mean, we got some shit that we getting into on the Cab Calloway. Cab Calloway. This is Gillespie. We getting yes. it in. Cigar yes. Talk Podcast. Part of America, baby. Yes. We'll catch y'all next time, man. Peace. Y'all have a great week. We'll see y'all again.